Today's Cody cast is sponsored by Audible. Check out audiblepodcast.com slash RHAP to find out how to get a free audiobook download. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast and now here's the guy who has the talk of a planet, Rob has a planet, Rob Sisternino, hello everybody and welcome back to our big Rob has a podcast interview show here every Thursday we're going to do this, he sit here for about two hours or so talking about what happened on this week's Survivor and we've got a really really fun show for you guys today it's the Cody cast hashtag Cody cast it's a thing and it's happening and it's you're you're on board right now the Cody cast is about to begin uh it actually did begin we're just going to get John and Candace on the line with us here in just a couple of moments so very excited for this this is according to my research the uh first uh two-person weekly Survivor interview cast that I've done since we talked to Stephen and Courtney during Survivor Redemption Island. And that was like, what, like two and a half years ago. So it's been a very long time since we did one of these. So very excited to do this today here for Cody Cast One. And so uh, we have a very, very exciting week. Of course, uh, we had the know-it-alls last night. I had a very good interview with Bryce this morning. And Bryce had a lot to say. Very funny exit interview. I highly recommend that you check that out. And then uh, Cody Cast here. So you're locked in. Make sure you are subscribed to Rob as a podcast. We always appreciate it when you leave us feedback on the podcast as well on our iTunes feed because that helps new people find us as well. And you can get the links to all of our podcasts on the new podcast page in the navigation bar on robhasawebsite.com. All right, so let's go ahead and let's get to our interview here today. Of course, this video can also be seen on our YouTube channel. If you want to watch the video of my interview with John and Candace, you can see it on our YouTube channel. If you go to robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. All right, so it is my pleasure today to bring in today our our joint guests. This is the Cody cast. Here they are. Uh, she's a three-time Survivor All-Star, and he is a recent Survivor from Survivor Blood vs. Water. Here they are. They, it's Mr. and Mrs. Cody, John and Candace. Hi, Hey, guys. what's up, everybody? How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Huh. We're excited about the Cody cast. Cody Cast is here, and of course, uh, we are we are streaming this, and so I, uh, I can see you guys. And uh, very very nice to see you guys back again uh, so soon after uh, we had the uh, the last interview with you guys during Miss Survivor. Yeah, I know it was a, it was a heartbreaking loss to come in second, but I you know I think that this is best because it's like being the vice president, you know, or like Prince Harry, you know, you get all of the 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 good things that come with being first runner up, but you don't have all the responsibility of being the winner. So. That's right. That's right. You're not going to get prematurely gray or anything like that. So that's, that's a good attitude to have. Exactly. Yeah. And I like John's shirt. That's a very, that's a very uh, stunning shirt, John. Oh, thank you. It's uh, I guess it's kind of patriotic, maybe a little red, white, and blue. Yeah. It's one of my, my front was one of my personal favorites. Yeah, very good. Okay. So uh, you guys are all set. Uh, Candace, you're not going to be pranking John during this podcast, are you? Um, not, not while I've got my eyes on her. I mean, she can do what she wants, but you know, when she's on her own. But when I'm here, it's hard for her to, uh, to, <laughs> to think of anything too devious. 
John has been silently killing me with pranks ever since the uh, the shower cold water incident. Well, it's not really like pranks. It's just little things that I do on purpose that I know bother her. Um, little things that, I mean, maybe to most people this doesn't really matter, but I intentionally put the toilet paper on backwards, you know, instead of, I guess there's a way you're supposed to put toilet paper Whoa. on the roll. Wow. Right. There's a way, yes, of course. There's a way yeah, that it's supposed knows to happen. Everyone okay. knows well, it. I didn't know this before, but now I do know that it bothers her, and I put it on it back. Don't put it on where the toilet comes from upside down. Like, like who does that? Yeah. Nobody. What, does what, you're that. a savage. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's I disgusting. Know. It's terrible. I must have been raised in a barn or something. I don't know. And he has this fabulous talent for you know getting his dirty clothes just next to the dirty clothes hamper. Not in it, but he'll put it down right outside the dirty clothes hamper. Oh my it's God. like he took all of the time. <laughs> this feels like marriage off. counseling. Wait, that's not what the... Yeah, that's we're not, here to talk about Survivor. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we're not talking about our problems. What are we talking about today? Yeah. All right, I feel like this is like tribal council. Uh, exactly. All right, let's jump into this and let's talk about uh, this new season. Uh, we had our second episode last night. Our third person voted out, and so I would just love to just sort of just jump in like broad strokes with you guys both and talk about your initial thoughts about this season. Uh, so far, I think that uh, it's been very entertaining. Um, obviously, you know the 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 talk of the town is that uh, the brains team is is complete disaster. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's funny to me. I wonder if it's because, uh, I don't know if it's because of the label or because of the types of people that, that go on the Brains Tribe. Um, they certainly have overthought everything, and it's 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 been kind of like a comical disaster to watch. Um, but, you know, there have been some pretty promising people that have, uh, that have you know, come up. And, uh, you know, the uh, I like the little Cops R Us alliance. The two of those uh, players seem to be pretty uh, pretty strong. You know, there, there's some, there's some, there's some promise for the end game, and I hope that uh, some of the people that we've really started to like can stick around for a long time. But you know, what I wonder, Rob. I think so. Several people that I've talked to, and I don't want to be. I'm not. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying that you know, the beauty tribe. I mean. Yeah, they're good looking, but there's good looking people on the brawn tribe and on the brain. Well, on, well. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, dot dot dot. Um, but I wonder if they were casting this show and they they just cast a general season of new players and then afterwards came up with the idea of brains versus brawn versus beauty and then separated the people they had already chosen for the show into those three groups because if I were just picking people you know to be you know early I would have you know you think that the, the brown tribe would be you know more jacked than they are well, and, not, or, or dumb and, too, and, right? and, and, the, and the beauty tribe would be like all prom queens and the brains tribe would be literally like 10 yao mans you know on the on the track. I don't know. I, I feel like they're not at the extremes that you right. would think. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Your instinct is is right on that. That they've said that Lynn Spillman sort of came up with this idea 
after the season was already cast that she just sort of like got on like a whiteboard and said, hey, oh, look, I bet you could break this up into brains, beauty and brawn. And I think there was a couple people that probably weren't really great fits for anything. They just sort of lumped them in with one group. Well, there's okay, a couple. Yeah. I was feeling that way, too. OK. All right, but it's, it, it's funny because, you know, you feel like the people there's definitely people in the brawn tribe that could have been in other categories and people on the beauty tribe that could have been in other categories. It seems like the people in the brains tribe, like that's kind of where they belong. You know, they uh, they don't seem to be that good at anything else. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm well, wrong. They're not that, that good in the brains. They certainly haven't either. been that good in the challenges, and they've been uh, overthinking everything else. But I was glad to see them get a win. I feel the pain of losing your first couple of immunity challenges. I know what that's like. It's miserable. And uh, so, as somebody who has never won an immunity challenge, I, I was very happy for them. Do you guys identify with any of the particular tribes? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the Braun tribe. I don't know if that I necessarily identify with them, but they seem to be doing well, um, and not having very much drama. So, I mean, I like that tribe. In my, um, yeah, in my like alternate universe life, I would be like a professional athlete. So I'm neither good enough or dedicated enough or disciplined enough to, to be there, but I would think that'd be a pretty cool way to live your life. Um, so, what's the best I, life? Cliff, Cliff. Uh, John wants yeah. to be Cliff. Oh, absolutely. Robinson. Yeah. yeah, he's the man. Is, and uh, is that why you were so drawn to Brad Culpepper? Uh, yeah, but, but basketball is more my game than football. Okay. John has a special place in his heart, place in his heart for Brad Culpepper. Yeah, sure. what happened to Redemption Allen stays in Redemption Allen. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about the specifics of last night's episode. And so you had basically Jeremiah was in this situation where the vote was going to be split two, two, two. And he had the option where he could have, you know, stayed where he was, stood pat and gone ahead and then had four votes to take out Bryce. Or he could have switched and gone to uh, vote, vote out Alexis and stayed with Morgan and Bryce. And the situation that this reminded me of, Candace, was actually a tribal council that you were a part of on Survivor Heroes versus Villains, where you guys split the vote three. We're going to split the vote. Was it three, three, and then two? And Tom and Colby were going to be the two. And JT switched his vote. Um, could you compare uh, the situation last night to a little bit of what was going through your minds with who maybe somebody has an idol in Heroes versus Villains? Yeah, I, I think that people get too quick to say let's uh, let's split the vote. I feel like it happens all the time, and you know, no one's gonna play an idol unless they feel really, really nervous. So you see people going home with idols in their pocket. So you know, on heroes versus villains, I think that was an exceptional um, season where people were extremely savvy. They were going around and be playing the game aggressively and finding things out. So they were more likely to play an idol versus, you know, it's day, what, three or six on this, this new season. Nobody's going to be playing an idol. You don't need to split a vote two, two and two. And it's dangerous when you split your votes because just like what happened with JT, you take one person who changes their mind and they can change the whole plan on you. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't yeah, specifically, I thought that Spencer's, um, or sorry, it was Jeremiah, right? That Jeremiah. Um, yeah, so, he, so I thought his uh, play was pretty shrewd. I thought that, you know, he 
burn the fewest number of bridges by going the way that he went. And also, if he really does want to have, you know, this tight alliance with Morgan, you know, Bryce kind of had Morgan's ear a little bit too. Now Morgan's kind of like beholden to him. You know, he, she doesn't have anybody else she can turn to. So I think that he may be able to, I think he may be able to kind of keep Morgan as a strong ally because she has nowhere else to turn. And he also didn't burn the bridges of all the other people and lose their trust in his tribe. So I think he made the right decision, to be honest. Uh, I was, uh, you know, whether he was thinking about all that or not, or it just, it seems like that was the best way that it could have played out for him. Candace, could you refresh my memory on the heroes versus villains thing? Did, did Tom actually have the idol in that scenario? Tom did have the idol. Um, and I, I don't think he was planning on playing it, but that was when I thought that was when Sari went home. Yeah, I think when, it, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So um, originally it was going to be, I can't remember who they were talking about voting for at that time, but actually Sari and I were thinking of going with Tom and Colby and going against Amanda, James, uh, JT and Rupert. And, um, and I think they were talking about, at one time they were talking about voting for me. Uh, and then they, I don't know, it's so complicated. You know, yeah. on Heroes Villains, there were so many different things happening at one time. But um, I think it just highlights the, you know, if you have the numbers to do what you want to do, just do it. You know, don't, don't try to keep your hands clean and be careful because, you know, because of one person. I mean, I get the other side too, that you want to keep somebody around and you don't want them to feel like they're not in the alliance or they're at the bottom because then they're going to go and, you know, change sides on you. But I just, I think it's so early to be splitting votes and no one, no, no one's going to play an idol in the first six days on a new player season. It's just, you just don't have that you know, people are looking towards the end of the game. I think that's kind of a, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a rookie mistake to look too far into the future because mm -hmm. literally you have to make it past each tribal council to it, get to the. Yeah, and one of the things I feel like did in Bryce was that he was close with Morgan, and the reason why I guess they're splitting the votes is because they think that she has the idol because she has this clue. And, John, I know this is something that uh, must ring true for you, that sometimes this idol clue could be worse than actually even having the idol. So one of the things that, that I said like over and over again was the best possible scenario for having a hidden immunity idol is Finding a clue and no one knows you have the clue and then finding the idol and no one knows you have the idol. You just keep it to yourself. Nobody knows. You don't even tell your alliance. The worst well, that happened to three people right, in right, the first two right. episodes the worst, of this season. Wonder who told them that. Yeah. The worst <laughs> possible scenario for the hidden immunity idol is to be given a clue some, you know, publicly or, or very publicly like I had, but but you know, somewhat publicly, people just assume that Morgan got this and then not have the idol to protect yourself. I mean it's Everyone assumes you have it and you don't have it. And it's the worst situation you could be in. So, um, she's in a tough spot. yeah, she's definitely in a tough spot. And, and, uh, but it is kind of funny that they just, everyone just kind of like assumes that, that she has it. Um, but you know, for us, obviously we're watching it knowing that she doesn't have it. So, but it, it's funny to think about how many times splitting the votes has actually been like the best strategic move. Versus the, versus the number of times that it's actually backfired in the history of the game. 
Like how many times has not splitting the votes really hurt somebody? I mean, think about maybe what, when Philip Shepard went home, like that was maybe the one time that they should have maybe thrown their votes somewhere else. And that was two idols that got played mm-hmm. you know, that, that time in, in his last season. So, I, I mean, I feel like Candace is right. You should, if you have the numbers, just do what you want to do. And if you get Trump, if it's like a one in a hundred chance that you get Trump by the person feeling nervous and, and you're going to vote for them and they play the idol and, and someone else goes home that you didn't want, like, okay, good job. Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I also felt like with LJ that he knew he had the idol. So right. there was actually, he, he was just splitting the votes for appearances of like, hey, right. we better split the idol because we got to make sure nobody ha- nobody has it. And I felt right. like it was riskier for him to split the votes than it was to just push for, hey, let's just put all our votes on Bryce. And maybe he didn't, right. maybe he exactly. didn't realize that he they were going to... Right, he didn't yeah. know what Bryce and Morgan were going to do. And all, yeah, all they Jeremiah. had to do, if he was going to split the votes two, two, and two, was pull one other person in and vote him out, and he goes home with the aisle in his pocket. I just think, you know, I've, I've been burned by that before, so I, I, I feel that. I don't, I don't like when people do that, unnecessarily. What, what did you get burned by? Splitting the votes? Yeah, because Sari was my biggest ally in Heroes Villains, and she got home. She went home by splitting the votes. All it took was one person to stab us in the back, JT, and he sent Sari home. Yeah, and my whole game was changed after that. Okay, let's talk about just the beauty tribe from here on out, and now what it looks like. So now, who do you feel like is in the better position? Do you think it's LJ or do you think it's Jeremiah? <sighs> So I feel like I, I think they're both in a good position. Yeah, I, but, I don't think anybody's on to either one of them. It's tough. You, you can always get the all girls thing, though. You know, so it's now. You know, there's there's. Um, yeah, but Morgan's on the outs. They, they don't she like is, her. But they can they very like easily use her as a boat. So they won't. The girls get catty, and the guy. They're that's all. That's true. The beauty tribe is too busy, like swooning after the guys. The girls are swooning <laughs> after the guys, like shaking their boobs and. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to get smart and say, oh, let's go all girls or, you know, anything like that. To, to answer your question, I think I think Jeremiah is probably in a little bit of a better position uh, because he does have a close tie with Morgan, which LJ does not have. I think Jeremiah has more outs when you're talking about, like, from a poker mm-hmm. standpoint. Like, he has more outs in his hand than LJ has, but I think they're both in pretty good positions. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I actually think that Jeremiah could be in a better position. I think LJ is probably the better player, but it looks like right. Jeremiah is the one that has a relationship with with Jeffra, you know, has the relationship with with Morgan still and doesn't have to worry about having to go through Bryce anymore. He's also tight with LJ. So it seems like he's the guy that sort of is connected to everybody where LJ, you really haven't seen him having too many one-on-one conversations with people. Right. right, and I think yeah. I think Jeremiah also is in a good spot because he's not as big physically as um, LJ, and he also, you know, he's got the country accent, so people can think, you know, oh, he talks slow and he thinks slow, and you know, I think he might he he might be a little under the radar player. Although I I do agree with you, Rob. I think LJ seems right now to be a better strategist, uh, but we'll see. You know, the weather was such a big factor last night. Candace, in, in your seasons, uh, what was the worst weather that you dealt with? Uh, Samoa was the worst. I, I think, uh, and watching the show last night, I was looking to John and saying, be glad you didn't have this because it really, it, it's a nightmare. In Samoa, it would rain 
for three days on end, never stop raining. You know, the shots where they show people's feet and hands. We had that and it, it was just terrible. You, you never get dry, you never get warm, you never get sleep and you're literally awake for days on end and no drama happens during those, you know, three day periods. So they have to show that there's nothing else. There's no other footage to show besides people being miserable. And, um, it's hard to keep your fire going. It's hard to keep your spirits up, but that those kind of things I think are good for, uh, it wasn't good for me in Heroes Villains because everybody who was there wanted to be there and was very serious about playing. But I like when the the rain hits and people start quitting. I would I would feel like I would profit from that if I was on a on a season myself. Because and John felt the same way. You know, let the, let the weak people quit. Go ahead and go home. Let's let's get the real people in here who want to play for the million. I definitely feel like if there if the weather was a more serious factor, there's people that probably would have not stuck around. Um, John was naming some last night. Yeah, but you know, whatever. I just I give feel us a like, hint. Give us a clue. You're you. Uh, I mean, I, I you don't love when under, people get clues. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what? I've been burned it. by clues in the past. Maybe I won't give any. But uh, you know, I just I feel I didn't. I don't know specifically that anybody would have. Man or a woman? A man or a woman? John was hating on some ladies. I was thinking that maybe some of the ladies in our tribe would have quit. Okay. Um, you know, specifically, you know, nothing against Katie, but I specifically mentioned Katie. Katie's a tough girl, but she she even mentioned herself. She wasn't out there, you know, because she really wanted to play the game and because she's very competitive. I mean, she doesn't seem like the type of person who would quit it much in her life, but, you know, you can see a situation where someone who's like, you know, I'm not into this. Like, I don't really want to play Survivor. I'm out here just so my mom can play. Like, F this, I'm leaving. You know, I could, I could see something like that happening. Right. And, you know, it's just, it happens all the time. And when it's miserable like that, you know, it it, it does a couple things. It makes it, it makes your team stronger, right? It kind of solidifies the relationships that are already there. And then if people can't hack it, then they leave, you know? And it's, um, I, I love Katie. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Katie. But I just, I in my mind, like, that's somebody who potentially could have left if she wasn't, like, really in it to win the whole thing. And Blood versus Water was like a top three all-time weather season, right? It so was amazing. It was, it was literally not super nice. It was super hot. It was one of the hottest seasons they've ever had. But it was like Which is good. hot, right? You can get in the water. I mean, you can get in the water and cool down, yeah. right? So I mean, so what? We you stay in the sun so long, you get sunburned, or you know, or you were hot so you got in the water and you cooled down. It really wasn't that tough. It was from a weather standpoint. It was amazing. Yeah. It was great. There literally was. One night where we got a little bit of rain and our <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible shelter kept it out. Yeah. So, you know, it, it rained for about five minutes. Everything Candace said before, before we went out there together was that she's like, the nights are the worst. When it yeah. rains and it's at nighttime, it's going to be the worst. You're never going to feel like that kind of misery ever in your life. And just never, it never happened. I feel like I, I didn't really experience survival. Maybe that's why we need to go back. Yeah, so I can go out there and get rained on. It's underreported just how bad and miserable it is when it Absolutely. when it rains, and, and, and I feel like they they show it for even on on Heroes Villains they showed a little bit of it, but they really don't show just how bad it is for how long, how many days, how often, because they want to show but, so much other stuff. But I I feel that when they do pay attention to the weather, it's either 
an extreme situation where they literally don't have any other material for a three-day period, so they have to show it, or there's the people are just boring and there's nothing going on. They have to, you know, fill time. So yeah, on uh, Blood versus Water, there was a series of uh, of a couple scenes where they were showing somebody's toenails and somebody's. I think that was butt. Katie. That was her yeah, toenails were falling Katie. off, and it was nice weather. Yeah. Right, and and Vita's doing yoga. I mean, clearly there's nothing going on. They're bored to, out of their minds because they have no drama to show. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, the weather is the biggest factor. I, 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 I always say that I could do 100 days of Survivor if it was nice weather. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you're hungry and you just kind of get used to it. It's fine. Like, the scheming is, is fun. You know, the challenges are awesome. But, like, it sucks to get rained on all the time. I've done that before in my life. It sucks to get rained on for and days on it. I'll tell you, when I was on Cook Island, I spent five nights on Redemption Island. Alone. Exile. 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 I can't keep track of all the alone islands. islands. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Exile Island, and it rained almost every single night I was on Exile Island. That is a sad situation to be in. Alone, That's on an awesome. island, you know, you're trying to keep – all I could do to keep myself sane was keep that fire going and dig myself down into the sand. And that was – that was – that was a bad situation. She felt she felt for the the castaways this last episode. She's like, that sucks. That was some legit wind. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it was absolutely miserable out there. Yeah, poor survivors. Poor, poor survivors. Yeah. Rob, the other funny thing is that the beaches are all the same as the beaches we were on for blood blood versus water. Yeah. So it's like you're seeing, you're like, wow, it was so beautiful when I was there, and you have this like direct comparison just how nasty it can be like watching them suffer through all that anyway yeah uh, it's so funny because it's it's the same exact place and it's only a couple weeks later and the weather is completely yeah. different completely different yeah all right let's talk about some of the other tribes that we haven't gotten to yet so we we pretty much talked about beauty uh let's go to the brains tribe who got so much airtime last week and let me just get your take first on the events of the the last episode and the idea of hey, we're all going to talk about what we're going to do and not have any sort of uh, side conversations. And I wanted to know if you guys had uh, strong feelings about the decision to send Garrett home. Uh, I thought, I don't, you know, it was between him and uh, the... Jatia. Jatia. Rob, I'm terrible with names. I just go on descriptions. Okay. And I my regular life, too. I barely even know John's name. So... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, Come on, get get it together, babe. Let's go. Anyways, the freaking guy with the googly eyes. What's his name? Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Jatia. Garrett and Jatia. Stop. Um, no, it was between Garrett and Jatia, and and I don't know. I, I wasn't sure who I thought they should have sent home. You know, Jatia was ridiculous dumping the rice out. I mean, that is that is unforgivable. I don't care what, you know, that was a, was the little baby Hans' name? Brandon Brandon Hans. Hans. Yeah, I mean, come on. You are, you're killing yourself. You're killing everybody else. I mean, all she had to do was wait and talk to people and, and see if they were willing to make a change. She didn't wait to even hear people's verdict on that. And 
I don't you know, I thought Garrett was an idiot for wanting to say things out in the open because clearly people are going to say whatever he wants to hear in front of them. Then they're going to go off and say whatever they really want to say privately. So, I mean, he's an idiot by saying, oh, I wanted to prove that the attorney chick, what was her name? Cass. Cass, yeah. Oh, Cass, yeah. I wanted to prove the, you know, to the attorney chick, Cass, that she, you know, she was going to stay loyal with us and, you know, please, she's going to say whatever she wants to in front of you and then go off and say, and, she and lawyer, she's very good at doing that. do whatever she wants in real life. I mean, the guy's a, a dummy. I mean, I don't think they should have voted him off. I think they should have kept him because he's physically stronger and they could get rid of him at any time. But you don't want somebody who's going to be there destroying your camp. I, I think Jatia yeah. is, is destructive to the, to the tribe as a whole. Besides just the rights. Yeah, I mean, Cass, Cass clearly felt like she was no longer in that. I mean, she thought she was with Spencer and Garrett, and then all of a sudden it comes out that she's not, like she's not that third person or, or whatever. Or, no, I'm sorry, Tasha. Um, so, you know, you know, there's a little bit of, like, deception that's going on. They, didn't st they started not feeling as comfortable with Garrett, and then I feel like his, you know, brash behavior to be like, we just can do this all out in the open. And I mean, even Spencer's like right hand man is like, dude, this is dumb. Like, I don't, you know, in his confessionals, he's like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, I can't believe he's saying this. He kind of reminds me of Brad Culpepper, just dumb and trying to bullhead his way through things. Yeah, could you, I, that's the comparison I wanted to hear you guys make was could you compare what Garrett uh, tried to pull last week and, you know, Brad Culpepper kind of sort of dictating how the votes were going to go? Yeah, yeah and, little, and when you have somebody bit, yeah. who's completely idiotic and self-absorbed running the tribe, you're not going to be making smart decisions. It's just the loudest, dumbest person beating their chest, and everyone just gives in to them because they don't want to hear them talking anymore. They just let them do what they want. I mean, to be fair, Garrett was... Now John defends his boyfriend. Garrett's not my boyfriend. I've never met him. But you're, you're talking about Brad. No, I'm... Actually, going to talk about Garrett. But anyway, so Garrett, um, I, I mean, I get his point, right? He's like, look, if we're all going to be here, like, why do we need to go through this, like, you know, back-channeled, dark, like, blindside someone and send them home? You know, just why don't we just say, hey, look, you know, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. You have single-handedly destroyed us on two separate challenges. And, oh, by the way, you're mentally unstable enough to throw our rice in the fire. Like, you should go home, right? Chatea should have gone home. And, you know, I, I realized Garrett was dumb and he shouldn't have, you know, spoke out like he did. But it's just, you know, I, I don't necessarily think the right person went home. Um, but I can understand why they sent him home. What do you guys think happens next in this Brains tribe? Of course, it looks like you have the three women. You have Spencer on the outs. Is it as cut and dry as uh, it looks like right now? I think Jatia goes home next. I think if they lose again and she's anywhere near a fault, I feel like she's got to go. Because the, you know, the other two women can think, yeah, oh, we're going to have an all through. But, you know, Spencer's not, he, he has nowhere else to go again. So, I mean, they can get rid of Spencer or they can bring him into the fold and, you know, say, hey, look, we had this going on. We didn't like Garrett because this, this, that, or the other thing. Like, come with us. We'll get rid of Jatia. We'll be three strong. You know, but you like Kenny said, you can't really have someone around that's like destroying your camp, especially you know, if the weather's that bad. The last thing you want to do is not have any freaking rice. I mean, that's ridiculous. 
Were you guys pumped? Yeah. Were you guys pumped up when the Brains Tribe won their challenge last night? I was happy for them. Absolutely. I mean, it was exciting. They need a little. They need a little bit of help, and it's nice to see. You know, I, I think it sucks when one tribe just gets decimated. It, it takes some of the drama out. You want it to be super close and just, you know, what, a difference of one player on on each tribe when it goes to merge time or tribe shuffle time because it just makes for more um, drama. Yeah, so. I, I was very excited to see them get a, get a win. I, I was pumped up. Yeah, I've actually, I actually kind of like Spencer. I, mean, I thought when I listened to his... Uh, pre-game interviews, I was like, oh my God, this guy. But it really, you know, he seems like a pretty smart player. Um, you know, he, he handled the Garrett situation pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's doing what he can right now. But I, 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 feel, I feel like he's going to do okay. And hopefully he can, you know, find his way with some of these women uh, that are left in the Brains Tribe and, and, you know, keep himself around for a little while. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Braun tribe, which uh, we haven't talked about yet. And the comparison I want to hear Candace talk about is I want to, I want to, let's compare Tony to Russell Hance. Do you see any of Russell in Tony so far? Mm, not really yet. I, I think Tony is, I mean, Maybe, maybe I can see him giving these interviews and saying, "I'm running this, and I'm I'm the godfather of this uh, season," and blah blah blah. I can see that a little bit. I don't think he has the evil in him that Russell Hance has, uh, and I don't think he is anywhere near as aggressive and confrontational as Ru- Russell was. Do you think that's I what think- he's going for, though? Is he going to try to be a Russell? Uh, if, he's, hope, if he's smart, he won't. I hope because not. That's not how you win the game. Yeah, I mean, Russell has an extremely effective way of getting to the end, but you have to then have those people vote for you. So you have to have you know in between, and I think that's what Russell really lacked, and he didn't have any social tact or grace, and people, frankly, kind of hated him when he got to the end. You, you can't expect people to turn around and say, hey, but, you know, the way you got here, there was no other way, and you you, you forced your way here, so I'm going to give you the money. People aren't going to do that because they don't feel good about the way you got there. So I, I, I hope that Tony doesn't model himself after Russell Hans. Well, I feel like he's – Tony so far, he's been half Russell Hans and half Philip Shepard is Tony – if if Ru- us. yeah if if Russell and Philip had a baby would it be Tony? I I could get down with that yeah. I mean it's almost I mean the likeness is almost almost spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when they start playing the the dodo music behind people when they're doing yeah. stuff like him making his spy shack. You know this is this is something that's gonna be. Full of some humor later. I, I can't mean, he's, wait. He's a character. Yeah, it's, he's like a character, like Philip Shepard. You know, he does you know very like entertaining character type things. But he's he's pretty. Uh, you know, he's a pretty intelligent guy. Um, you know, I didn't agree with him telling the lie about being the cop at first. I thought it was kind of a silly lie to tell. Like, I don't think people hear you're a cop and like, oh my god, you're gonna win this game. I'm gonna target you now. If people hear you're a cop, like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think that was a the right lie to tell and it's an unnecessary lie but, but i was uh, sad that the chick cop believed him 
when when he made up those lies, I I didn't want her to fall into the trap because she was so astute in picking him out as a cop, and then she just bought his lies hook, line, and sinker, and it was like, oh yeah, cops are us forever. I'll trust you. That's my word outside the game. And he just lied. He, he just lied to her like a couple days earlier. Right, and then she bought it. Oh, I don't know. That made me really sad. I thought she was smarter than that. But then he told more lies. Then he said, oh, and by the way, yeah. we're Cops are Us. And I heard, I overheard Cliff and Lindsay talking, right. and they were talking about how they wanted to vote you out. That's what I'm saying. She bought that hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. You know, he, he came back and said, yeah, I lied to you, blah, blah, blah. And then she didn't care. And then she bought it, the lies that he told her. And that made me sad because I thought she was smarter than that. Well. She was the whole package. You, you but it's know? one of those things, like, when people tell you lies that you, that you deem to be, like, like, why would somebody come to this – is, and this is what's crazy about the game, right? Like, why would someone come to me and offer me information that wasn't true? I mean, it happens all the time in the game. But, you know, when you're out there and someone tells you something, if it's somebody that you kind of the, – the question is whether or not you should trust them. But if it's someone that you trust, she now trusts him. And then he tells her something. It's like, you take that as fact. You don't think like, oh, I trust this guy, but he's probably lying straight to my face. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, kind of, it's a hard, it's a hard concept to like grasp. And you're, you know, when you're watching the show, you're like, oh, I can't believe she's buying that. But then like you think back to it, you're like, I mean, I remember you know choking down a few of those lies myself. Yeah, you know? it, it, yeah. John is the guy you want to play with because he will believe uh, anything you tell him, he, yeah. and he, you can just tell him something so ridiculous, and he just believe it. He's like, really. That's not true. I mean, you make me sound like a dumbass. No, like, but you not do. Really you're so, he's so trusting. He's so sweet. It's what I really love about him. But there are just those people in the show, man, that will just buy anything you're selling. And John Cody is one of them. All right, well, Candace, I want to know. I don't know if you know off the top, off the top of your head, um, what was the you know tony made up this whole big story what's the the biggest story complete fabrication that you made up on survivor do you have anything that you could think of that was just totally fiction that you sold somebody uh i can't think of anything that I just randomly would lie about because there's so many things that you kind of have to juggle while you're out there i i think the 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 biggest thing for me was on cook islands um distancing myself from Jonathan Penner. Uh, he and I were very tight. We were talking every day about everything and our strategy going forward when we were on the I2 tribe. And no one on the I2 tribe thought that I was close to Jonathan at all. And I think that was that was probably the best um, untruth that I told on, on the show. But I'm I'm not a good liar. Um, you know, I can kind of skirt around the truth, but I think when I, when someone comes to me and asks me directly a question, I'm not good at lying about it. And that's what, it, what put me in a bad position on Heroes Villains was Russell Hance because he would come straight up to you right after you talked to somebody and ask, what did you just say? milliseconds after they've left and it's very hard to to come up with a lie right on the spot so you end up just kind of telling them the truth and then and then everybody's like why did you tell them and I'm like well you know geez I couldn't I couldn't come up with a lie he was gonna know it then he was gonna target me for lying to him so um, I, I think to answer your question 
distancing myself from Jonathan Penner on Cook Islands was my best, you know, lying moment. But um, I, it's it's hard to come up with a bold-faced lie out of out of the blue. I think it's special talent. You have to be good at it. You have to do it on a regular basis to be able to do that. Um, and it, it's a little scary to me to see when people are good at just coming up with random fabrications. It's a little bit to me, sociopathic, but mm -hmm. no, Tony's uh, was great. His story was very believable. Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like when someone comes to you and comes up to you with, with a very good story, life. he had a very good story about it. And he even like did the the imitation of like Cliff and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he made it seem like it's very believable. And, and, you know, when you hear, you know, you hear that and you're just like, Oh, I mean, it's gotta be true. Like, why would this guy lie to me about this? It's, because in your mind, you're like, that's such an unnecessary lie to tell somebody. You know, why would they be lying to me about this? If, you know, why would they tell me this if it weren't true? And, I mean, it's just to manipulate you. It makes you feel like you have nowhere else to turn. But I feel like, I mean, it's, it, you know, people get caught up in those all the time. I'm trying to think if there was anything that, I don't think I have anything in my survivor playing days of anything that was just like a complete fabrication uh, that I made like made up like oh you didn't hear that this person so, so said this to this person yeah um, like starting drama to yeah create rifts between people like uh, yeah yeah I remember you, you know, no dirt like that for you I, I mean yeah I think that there was one there was one instance where uh you know there it, not to go uh, too much ancient history into uh survivor of the amazon but there was one point where dina wanted to vote for alex and alex said we're voting for dina and so you know dina would talk to you about like okay is this person good and and sort of that's sort of like t normal survivor lying but it wasn't like making up oh you you didn't see that this spaceship landed the other day like it wasn't like a complete story that i was making up Right. That's way more difficult. I agree. You, you, you can kind of, you know, change the truth a little bit, but making something up out of the blue is much more difficult. And I believe a little more sociopathic, a little creepy to me. Well, that... it's, also, it's also very dangerous too, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if, I mean, heaven forbid, you know, for people Tony, story. yeah, if she like goes and says, I mean, people are so paranoid, right? So they don't want to go harass other people. But like, you know, if, if, um, her name's Sarah, right? Sarah. So if Sarah goes and you know talks to you know Cliff and Lindsay, and says, and they're like, uh, I mean, what is he talking about? I mean, I, I don't know. It's like because unfortunately, the story you hear first is often the, the most true, right? So some people have, have you know kind of you know laid their survivor career on that on that fact, right? So they just tell you whatever it is, and it's, it could be a bold-faced lie. But if they told you first, that's what you believe to be true. So if somebody else says, no, that's not true, then they're just denying it. You know, so it's very likely that she wouldn't believe their denial, you know, because it's just it's just uh, it's unfortunate because I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite her in the ass. I think he's picking the wrong person to make up a story to because somebody who is a police officer who works with, okay, she gets a story from some, from people. She's looking for evidence. She's trying to corroborate right. the story. Like, I think she's pumped up about it now because she loves the cop Alliance idea, but I feel like at some point she's going to get enough information and be able to figure out that he's lying. I mean, this isn't like he's lying to, he made up a story to Jeffra. Like he made up yeah. a story to like somebody who is a police I'm officer. About Jeffra. 
<laughs> oh, I just don't think that she has the investigative background that yeah, Sarah has. Right, of course. Of course. Being yeah. nice. Yeah. Being nice. Yeah. Being nice. I try. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Sarah and, uh, and Tony here. Uh, anybody else on the Braun tribe that's, uh, interesting to you guys? Yeah, I'm, well, obviously I love Cliff Robinson because of the basketball history, but I'm actually kind of a, I, I don't, I want to see more about him, but I think Wu is, uh, he's a pretty intriguing person. I, you know, he's probably, he seems like a smart enough guy when you, you know, listen to him in the confessionals. Um, I hope he hasn't like really just you know, align himself 100% with just Cliff so people see them as an inseparable pair and they want to vote one of the two of them out. I think they'd be an awesome twosome. Yeah. I don't, They yeah. both seem pretty, like, even-keeled and, and you know, they're good enough in challenges. They're social enough. They're, you know, they help out enough around camp. I, I kind of hope that they both stick around for a while. But I think Wu's somebody that I'd like to hear more about. Yeah. I I, Wu's I been like fun. Them. What's that? Wu's been fun so far. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I like I liked Cliff's uh, Cliff's confession when he was talking about uh, Michael Jordan had Scotty Pippen. He's like, I have woo. <laughs> there you go. I love when they tipped over in the boat. That was hilarious. Yeah. This... And then and then they they uh, they were dumping it out. I, don't know. Yeah. I love that scene. That that uh, that was very endearing. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, I want to jump into, I have a lot of questions for you guys here from the listeners of Rob has a podcast. So I want to jump into uh, some of these with you guys. Let me start with Michael Norris. And he wants to know, did you, uh, did you guys name your alliance on survivor blood versus water? Doctors are us. Uh, we should have, that's a great idea. We didn't though. We did. Don't lie. <laughs> no, we, uh, our alliance is so short lived. We didn't have a time. We didn't have a chance to, uh, to put a label on it. Yeah, I feel like Tony was concocting that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you, feel, you feel like he came into the game with the Cops Are Us idea? He's like, if there's another cop out there, I'm going to form an alliance called Cops Are Us. Yeah. I didn't just come out of thin air. <laughs> well, that's such good foresight on his part to think about if there's yeah. another cop out there. Absolutely. That's yeah. why he's so good. Yeah. Well, that was good. It was good to get airtime, I said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, how about, uh, this has been a question that's, that we've had all season long where, uh, Jeff Probst had, did an interview where he talked about how there is going to be a new super powered idol in the game after the merge. Okay. Candace. Uh, mm-hmm. and so Nathan Bayless wants to know, Candace, as someone who played in the game with a overpowered hidden immunity idol, what are your thoughts about them bringing it back post-merge, and how do you think it will affect the game? So basically, they are bringing back the Cook Islands-era immunity idol after the merge. I don't like it. I think it was too much. I, I think that uh, Yule was an extremely smart person and probably would have figured out a way had he not had the idol to 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 change Jonathan's mind. But I, I think that it, that being able to play the idol after the votes are read is, is, it's ridiculous because you can just pass it around to whoever you want in your, in your alliance. So you have to have more than, you know, uh, you have to have a wider margin of votes. You have order- twice as many people to vote. Right. Than- to, to be able to overpower the idol. Right. I, I think it's a bad idea. I think it's, I think it's a gimmick. I think it's stupid. I think 
they, they have a lot of gimmicks on the show, but a, a post-merge idol, I, I would be more comfortable with it being pre-merge. Yeah, it pretty much walks them into the final. You think about the two people that, that I'm aware of, at least, maybe I'm wrong, but the two people who had that idol with that type of power was Terry Dietz, and nobody voted for him because they thought he had the idol, and then Yul Kwan, and nobody voted for him because he thought he had the idol. So it's like, it's almost impossible to vote that person out when they have the idol. I mean, unless you want to, unless you have enough people. no one's willing to put their neck on the line. Right, unless you have enough people to throw away a person in your alliance that you don't care about, which very rarely is the case, you know, because you know that they're going to have to vote somebody out with the play of their idol. Then you have to vote them out the next time. It's just, it's, it's too powerful, I think. It gives the person way too big of an advantage. I, I'm going to reserve judgment. I, I want to see how it goes because I kind of feel like, you know, it seems like it would definitely go the way you're talking about. But what if something happens that we don't expect or what if somebody misplays it? And I kind of feel like there is a possibility that we get something that we're not expecting out of this. It could it could I, be. I, a how, would, how would you yeah. misplay it, though? It's like they vote for me. I'm going to play it. Yeah, you, get all the, you only play it after you get all the votes. Because I feel like from Cook Islands until now, uh, with, with all due respect, I feel like Survivor players have become more uh, intelligent about about the game. And again, that's just because we've seen 14 more seasons since then. Oh, I and, agree. And I so agree. maybe the Survivor players of Survivor 28 have come up with something that we're not that we haven't even thought of yet. Such as like in Survivor Blood versus Water, when you guys decide, hey, let's vote out Tyson's girlfriend because. Uh, then maybe Tyson will switch. And that's not something that we were talking about before the game started. And people were saying, oh, blood versus water is a stupid idea. You could switch or whatever. Um, but that turned out to be something interesting. So I'm going to say I'm just going to reserve judgment until we see it. Okay. I'm willing. Uh, all right. I want to see how it goes. I'm Let's write you. it out. Let's write it out. I judge, okay. I judge books by their covers. <laughs> so I'm judging this. I'm judging this move. I don't think it's going to turn out to be all that exciting. We'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, this is from uh, uh, Payrick Later. He wants to know, Candace, did you expect so many people to fawn over John prior to going on Survivor? John has become very popular. Yes, I did. I am no dummy, and I know a, a real catch when I see one. And I was not going to let this boy get away from me. And, uh, yeah, I knew I knew that. I had a feeling he was going to be pretty popular because he's, I don't know, he's a sexy little piece of meat. <laughs> Whoa. He is. I don't even know what to say to that. He's yeah. blushing. There you go. There you go, John Cody. You should get that on a business yeah. card. He's actually he's sweating right yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it happens. All right, here's a question from Randy Rice. He wants to know, the Cody's seem like nice, approachable people. What are some examples of how not to approach a Cody should you be so fortunate to meet one? what? How should people not approach you guys? Hmm. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think anybody who acts like themselves, they can come up and they can uh, you know, approach us as long as they don't uh, attack too quickly. And rush Do at us as if. Grab John Cody's butt in front of me because I will choke a bitch. Yeah, well, things things can get crazy if there's a sexual Has that assault. Happened? That Has that happened before? Uh, no, but I can imagine it happening. I mean, you would. She doesn't be, know that it's happened, but it's happened. I'm just saying, 
think about the nurses in the hospital falling over drunk, but you know, yourself. I would say, like, like a wild animal, you don't go too fast. We see you at all times, and then and then just 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 say hi to you, but no physical contact is, is usually yeah, <laughs> that's usually advised. No, I like I like my fans to to get physical contact. Hug. Yeah, I, I like a good grabbing ass. Okay, Perfect. well, here's I, I I have a feeling you're joking, but I have a feeling people who are listening don't think you're joking. No, I'm joking. Please yes. don't do that. Seriously, she's joking. <laughs> and by joking, I mean she's absolutely serious. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what are the uh, do nots uh, when you come and approach me, and I kind of feel like I don't want to say them now because I feel like that's 100% what people will right. do when they do see me now. Right now, people are gonna like come up at us from behind and be like, "Ha!" You know, like I don't, I don't want that. Just, just come up and say hi. You know, you guys no, are, you guys I, are somewhat interesting people. In all seriousness, I cannot, and this doesn't have anything to do with what not to do when you say anything to me, but I cannot stand like, close talkers when they get in your personal space and you're, you know, you try to kindly move back and then they, they keep coming. Oh, I can't take that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's Look that's no all good. Fans out there, when you're going to talk to Candace, get as close as possible. No, I need my per- this breathe, is my perimeter. Breathe heavily. <laughs> breathe your mouth. Yeah. Mouth breathing only. <laughs> um this is a question uh from Eric Nelson. Eric wants to know how do you guys uh, think you would have done on Blood versus Water if you were part of the original cast and not in place of RC and her dad? So let's do a little bit of a, you know, hypothetical situation here. You guys are actually part of the cast and not alternates. How how would that have changed things? One of the two of us would have won, I'm sure. No, I don't. I mean, I, who knows, right? There's so much luck that goes into the game. I think um, we would have done much. I, I think we would have had, yeah, we would have had a better showing for sure. But it's like, uh, I mean, I mean, Rob, you know, there's so much luck that goes into to you know going far and winning the game, and you know. People change their opinions of you at you know the drop of a hat. So um, while I think Candace very likely would have not been voted out first, that's fine. I mean, my tribe very easily could have not trusted me, and you know if I had you know done what I needed to do with the clues or whatever, maybe I, you know, they were uncomfortable that I formed an alliance with somebody else. It just, you know, anything can change someone's opinion of you, and people look for any reason to vote you out. So I would love to say that we would have like easily made it to the end or easily made it past the merge. We just never know. We would have done better though, I think. Yeah. You know, Candace, like I gotta say, I think if that happened to me, I think I would have been a little more salty about it than you were. Rob, I was very salty. John <laughs> has spent many months trying to calm me down. Talking her off the edge, Rob. This is a much subdued version of how salty I was. <laughs> Can I tell you, this is what I would have been like if they would have said, okay, and the first person going to Redemption Island is Rob. I'm like, oh, come on, really? Come on. <laughs> That was Laura. That was Laura Bonham's reaction. She Except was. She had. Not she pleased. dropped a lot yeah. more f bombs. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, now that I think of it, that was my exact reaction when I got voted out on Survivor All Stars. I think that's the. <laughs> I think that's pretty much. <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah, it's the same reaction when I watched the Jet Game. Also. Same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. How about okay? Blue Bear wants to know. There's been a lot of talk about Spencer and high expectations coming into the season. Is he overrated? 
uh, someone who should be in control of their tribe shouldn't have been burned this early in the game. What do you, what do you think? Is Spencer overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Okay, here's what I have to say. First of all, I do not read or listen to the pre-game uh, like bios and videos because I like to be surprised and delighted about what's on my screen. So I don't know what his pre-game rating was, but I did like him when I saw him on the show. The only problem is you can't, you just cannot overcome going to tribal council time after time after time. Um, yeah, there's, I, if there's I, one thing that this season is definitely highlighting, it's that you have to win immunity challenges, yeah. right? The only way to keep yourself safe is to win immunity challenges. And it doesn't matter how good you are if you're on a tribe that gets decimated. Once you assimilate with the other tribes, you have no numbers. So I, I think it's just tough. But to answer your question, though, I think he's properly rated. And I would caution people to think that, you know, people – People who are going to do well in the game aren't always the people who are in control of their tribe on day one. The people who are usually in control of their tribe on day one get sent home, you know, before the merge or around merge time. So there's a, you know, Survivor is all about changing who's in control and it can switch. You know, any given tribal who's running the tribe, quote unquote, can change. So uh, I think Spencer's doing just fine. Um, all you have to do in Survivor is actually just survive in advance. So. He's advancing to this point. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen you know, how well he does and what kind of power moves he makes to sort of get himself off the bottom. Um, but the fact that he's not in control right now, I actually don't think that matters much. Yeah. I hope that he hangs in there. I really, I think he'll be fun to watch. I mean, you can I look agree. at some, like you look at somebody like, like Sierra from blood versus water and, you know, was very much on the bottom was on the chopping block every single time we went to travel council and then toward the end of the game was, you know, a very much a deciding factor of like how the whole game was going to go, you know. So it's you know, just because somebody was on the bottom of a of a, their alliance at one given point in time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stay that way the whole time. Okay. Um, here, let's take a live question. Let's take a question from Doug Marshall here, who's watching the live stream. Uh, he wants to know, Candace, if there was a final three of Russell, Brad Culpepper, and Rupert. Who would you vote for? This is sort of like a modified uh, ding, marry, kill. Uh, if there was, if there was a, a final three, uh, who would you vote for? It's it's Russell, it's uh, Brad Culpepper, and Rupert. What's the prize? Is this the mil- is this million dollar prize? Yeah, you got to give it to somebody. <sighs> okay, let me just start eliminating people first. Yeah, talk us through. Your, it- take us through your thought process. I would not give it to Brad. Um, you know, he likes to tell everybody how much money he has and blah, blah, blah. And it just makes me want to bomb in my mouth. And, um, Rupert, I mean, you know, he talks about his charity and his kids and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if I believe that he gives all his money to that stuff. I know he pays himself and his wife and his mother a paycheck out of that stuff. I've heard him say it before, which that's not to say is a bad thing, but he he's promotes himself as this giving person. And then anyways, and then who was the other one? Russell, uh, you know, and Russell says he's so rich and he's oil money and blah, blah, blah. 
Oh man, I wish this was a real tribal council. This is like a great jury speech, and this is a fake tribal council. I know. Uh, um, I have to go with Rupert. Okay, Rupert, congratulations! You just won Survivor, Candace. There you go. <laughs> and you know, I have to. Very I have to award. say that every time after I say something fussy about Rupert. I have to say, he is a nice person. He's a good guy. I just want to, we just want to kill each other half the time, most of the time. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great history together. It's love hate. Well, it's love hate. Um, okay. So let's talk about uh, some, some other people you've played with. Uh, Michael Mulqueen wants to know this question's for Candace. Out of everyone you've ever played with, who do you think is the most strategic? Who's the most strategic player you've ever played with? And you could define that however you want. Uh, I think it would either be Yul Kwan or Russell Hans. I think Yul Kwan in a brilliant way and Russell in a, a little bit of a dirty way. And we, we saw that, you know, two, two very smart people playing the game, but obviously there's a way to play the game to win and a way to play the game to get no votes. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Yule, probably. Okay. I, I don't think anybody would fight you on that. I think that's a good call. Um, Ariel Kalish Glassman wants to know, uh, the ice water in the shower prank was a highlight of the Miss Survivor contest and clearly shows a playful part of your relationship. What's an example of another memorable, funny prank that you can share with Rob has a podcast? Maybe one that John played on Candace since we've seen what she can do. And uh, I guess I'll add besides the old uh, toilet paper, the wrong way on the roll prank. <laughs> uh, uh, this weekend, John put cold water on me in the shower I did. Yeah. to get me back. Always a crowd uh, pleaser. It is. That's a good one. It's it is classic. I mean, it's terrible. It, it's terrible to be on the receiving end of it. Um, I'd say the but best. It's the best extremely thing delightful done. to be the one doing it. Yeah. I think hear the, the screams, the blood curling screams. The best thing. Uh, I mean, again, another old standby. It's not anything that exciting, but you know, I was uh, really frustrated. Candace was. Uh, she was getting very involved with all of her Twitter followers, which is great. But you know, sometimes I need a little time with my wife too. And uh, so I took her phone and I changed the passcode on it. And uh, she got really pissed about that. The actual code to, to sign into yeah, the, the phone. Lock. Oh, no, I put a lock. She doesn't have a lock code on her phone, but I put a lock code on it. I wouldn't tell her what it was for a long time. And she got really bad. Oh, man. I, I think I would, I would murder my wife if she did that. We, yeah, do, it's funny, we yeah. do that back and forth to each other sometimes. We yeah. get annoyed. It was, my, it was my idea, though. And, and reverse it. My wife would certainly murder me if I did that to her. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what pretty much marriage is all about, right? Like finding someone who would just about murder you for everything you do, but they don't. Right? When anybody else would, they don't. Um, I think this isn't a prank, but I know a lot of times, like, we'll get into these tickle wars, and like, John, it's it's fun and it's amusing when I'm tickling him, but then when he gets extremely annoyed and goes back and tickles me then the fun is over it starts crying it's like <laughs> come on like what husband gonna tickle his wife until she cries i mean i do it all the time but it's like it, it stops it I, I don't get any enjoyment out of it because then i'm like oh i'm so sorry you're crying oh. no because he's like you know i'm like what 120 pounds and he weighs 200 pounds somebody who's like trying to tickle you like he can overpower me and tickle me to where i can't even get away and <laughs> 
And it's like a, who asked this question? We're getting off of the marriage yeah. counseling. No, no means no, John. She says she doesn't want to be tickled. It means no tickling. Yeah, exactly. exactly right. Sure. Yeah. The big problem. It is. <laughs> All Anyways, right. I don't know. We, we do, we do annoy each other on purpose a lot and it's very, is that healthy? It's uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> John, does, John does not enjoy as much as I do. Uh, look, as long as you're, it's happy wife, happy life. I think that's that's the key. Right. Exactly. You're a smart man. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, again, if I followed my own advice, I'd be better off. Um, Edward Morris uh, wants to know, is the Brains Tribe actually just one big prank? Are the producers of Survivor pranking us? I think so because yeah. they don't seem that smart. I mean, but look, here's the thing, and you know, being involved in medicine, you're you are around a lot of very, very intelligent people that have spent a lot of time in books and way too little time hanging out at bars and social gatherings and getting to know people and learning how to interact in groups. So maybe these people really are that smart, but like, you know, the types of smarts that you need to have to succeed as Survivor really aren't the types of smarts that make you a really good nuclear engineer, you know, as an example. Yeah. The I should hope not. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that? I should hope not. I'd be very, yeah. I'd be very scared. Right. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they're more like the street smarts and savvy and common sense and those types of things. So um, I think that uh, just cause you are, you know, a world-class chess player doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at survivor. So um Maybe it is just a big prank. They're trying to make us believe that they actually would be really awesome, and they're just trying to show everybody that, no, they're not. All right, here's a question from Matt Holtzclaw. He says that Candace has said that she believes she was a villain initially, and at the last minute they switched her and Parvati. My question is, who did she plan to work with in the villains, and does she think her experience would have been more enjoyable had they left it as is? Now, is that is that true? Have you said that before, that you felt like that you were supposed to be a villain and poverty was going to be a hero? Yes. I think they switched us at the last minute. I was originally wearing all pink, and the villain's try was red, and at the last second they changed me to a blue bathing suit and a blue sweatshirt, and uh, change Parvati's clothes as well. And um, I think I would have had a lot more fun on the Villains Tribe. I liked Boston Rob. I would have wanted to work with him. I liked Sandra. I would have wanted to work with her. And let's see, who else? I didn't, I didn't know Jerry at all. Um, I liked Tyson. I thought he was a funny guy. I mean, I didn't know him. Uh, who else was on that? Tribe. Mostly, I, I think Randy. I think the biggest people that I wanted to work with were Sandra and Rob. Mm-hmm. I liked them a lot. I mean, yeah. as a fan of the show, I, I really liked both of them. Well, that would have changed everything. That really would have because then, because um, Parvati was part of the three that Russell had. So if you put Parvati on the other tribe, then basically Russell goes out pretty early. And then I wonder if, you know, Boston Rob sort of gets his group of five or six people and that ends up being the final five or six. I think he would have. Interesting. Oh, you change butterfly effects. Just like, just like Bryce, he was in the butterfly era. So are we, we're all butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I'm actually, John, that's funny because John thinks he's a butterfly too. Oh, whatever. I thought that's what you were going to say. No, I've actually never made that comment ever in my life. That was stricken from the record. Um, (laughs) 
No, I, I, I like uh, <laughs> I like Bryce. I, I feel like uh, he had a little bit of a social game that you know he should have obviously spread his social game to more than just Morgan spread and his Jeremiah. Wings. Uh, now you're just being gross. So uh, you know more to, to more than just uh, Jeremiah and Morgan to you know talk to LJ and the other two girls, but. You know, he seemed like he would have been a very entertaining person to watch. He, he really seemed to understand the, the game kind of early on. Yeah, he was fun. I did an exit interview with him today. It was a very, a very fun interview. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I like Bryce. Um, Jessica Frey wants to know, uh, can I get a birthday shout out for my birthday today? Love the Cody's. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's do one one more question uh, that's sort of tied to poverty. David Healy, uh, our old friend David Healy says, uh, Candace, in a world where you had said yes to Micronesia, who would you have worked with and would you have won if you took poverty spot? P.S. I love you both. Uh, he could have a David Healy. We love you too, so, David. Hold on. So let me just... Uh, back, back this up. So, were you initially offered Parvati's spot on Survivor Fans versus Favorites? I was offered a spot. Okay. Uh, I think people assume that it was Parvati's spot. I mean, who knows? But I couldn't do it because I was starting my first year of med school, and you can't really uh, take time off of that year. Yeah. So I, I had to say no. So who, who made it further on on Survivor Cook Islands? You were poverty. Poverty. Okay. Uh, they they voted me out before poverty or Adams. They thought I was I think the bigger threat and had done them wrong. Okay. And the, the funny part was that they vote they kept Adam and voted poverty out because they thought she was a bigger threat than him, which was very amusing. But. <laughs> yeah they, they thought so they thought adam was a bigger threat than poverty no uh, they thought poverty was a bigger threat than adam they just thought he's a big doof doofus yeah well i feel like that makes sense touche yeah i feel like this guy i mean when That's you what think I'm saying. yeah i think they got that one right i think they got that one you know one of the greatest survivor players and 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 adam i think they got that right they did but you know she she didn't really do much that season yeah no, she became, she, much like Bryce, that she became the, you know, she was still in the cocoon then. She was still but a caterpillar in her survivor history. No, I agree. I it wasn't agree. until Micronesia that she really. Yeah, her butterfly wings came out. They blossom. They don't no. blossom. Flowers blossom. Anyway, go ahead. She spread her wings and began to fly. Hey, don't be gross. A butterfly. No, I'm just quoting Mariah Carey. <laughs> okay. I was quoting John Cody. <laughs> All right, it comes full circle. Yeah. Can I get a can I get a bell, a ding? There you, there you go. Okay. Um Ariel Peralta wants to know uh finish this sentence. Dot 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 What? Oh, that's it? Just dot dot dot? Yeah. Oh. That's not a sentence. Dot dot dot. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dot, okay. dot, dot. Very that question is too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Edward Morris wants to know, John, have you spoken to Malcolm since he won Mr. Survivor? And if so, how did that go? I have not spoken to Malcolm. I would like to. Uh, it's funny how this whole, you know, Malcolm and, and, uh, and I think kind of came up and we've actually not even ever. Flirtmans. No, we've never, but you know, I've always really liked Malcolm. I thought he was great in his seasons. 
Um, you know, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to chat with him at some point. Uh, maybe he's too busy carrying out his Mister Survivor duties to forget to. Uh, you know, think of uh, just little old me sitting up here in D.C. I think Malcolm's using John as his man whore. He just cast him aside after. Yeah. Once like, he won, he's like, I don't need that guy anymore. No, yeah. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Maybe I'm just a romantic. It seemed like true love, you didn't are. it? I mean, I was convinced. <laughs> if Malcolm ever meets you, should he just come up and grab you on the ass? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's okay. Should he be a close talker? Uh, and a breeder. Yeah, mouth breeder, <laughs> close talking. We're all good there. <laughs> Malcolm can be whatever kind of Malcolm he wants to be. All right. There, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Matt Duvall wants to know, have either of you patched things up with Brad Culpepper yet? I think we know where Candace uh, stands on this. But what what about you, John? Uh, when you were on Redemption Island, when you were on the pre-jury stuff, um, did you, what's your relationship like with Brad Culpepper? Um. I, you know, Brad and I are, 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 we're okay. It's, it's fine. We're, uh, you know, I gave Brad a little bit of help when we were on Redemption Island about, you know, him voting me out. And that's why we both were there together. He, he was really upset not. about it. He did not. I did. Um, and so. As it, soon as I left, he was like BFF. They like ran into each other's arms and embraced. We threw throwing the, the football we together. We threw the football like, I around. Not to. I said, do not be throwing that football with Brad Culpepper. Yeah, but look, leave. look, you weren't there and You know, the first thing he did was <laughs> go throw the football with Brad Culpepper <laughs> like a little doo-doo bird. Well, you know, guys got to do what a guy's got to do. You got to keep your mind off uh, things. And, right. Anyway, no, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've patched things up to the point where, you know, I don't, I don't have the same, you know, negative feelings, uh, you know, that we did at one point, but it's, um, it is always tough. It's tough to think about, you know, just how badly like the, the two Culpepers, you know, kind of screwed us in the, in the whole scheme of things. You know, they, they really kind of as a couple sort of single-handedly prevented us from doing really well in the game. And, um, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of annoying to think about it like that, but you know, in the grand scheme of life, does it really matter? Do we spend our days like thinking about it? No. Um, so it's fine. And I think Candace, Candace and Brad actually, so in the, in the post, they're the, nothing, the pre us, oh, they're nothing. Come on now. So in our, uh, in the, the pre merge uh, or the pre jury trip, um, we, oh. you know, we had some, we, we talked. Well, Brad has a little story about the pre jury trip maybe, that I don't think anybody knows about. Maybe we'll have to have him tell that story. I'm is not it, sure we're Is it that. true that John changed the lock screen on Brad's phone and made it a new password? And now we no longer talk to each other. <laughs> he was so mad, he couldn't handle it. We no longer talk to each other. No, but Brad, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Brad left the pre-jury trip and didn't go with us. I did not know that. Well, I don't think anybody knows that, but that's, that's part of the reason that I think he's just bullshit and he's ridiculous. But he made up a lie about his well, John's elbow and me telling me not to tell the story. But he made up a lie basically to production and sent himself home and claimed something that he he shouldn't have claimed. I think he whatever it doesn't really matter. We don't, know, we don't know what's true. We don't allegedly, know allegedly, there's a lot of alleged's going on. The, the truth is, for whatever reason, he he did not join us for the entire pre the pre uh, merge trip. 
Um, it, and, it happens. Uh, people people figure out a way to uh, get out of it. it doesn't I, happen very, but, but he's it a really shit, doesn't happen. Rob. He's a little shit. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that's, you gotta. Some people they have they have the you know the balls to figure out a way out of how to uh, you know that that pre jury trip. Uh, Richard Hatch, he was with us for a couple of days, and he figured out a way to uh, go off and go on his own adventure. So these are the, these are the kind of stories that I want to hear. I want to hear about the people that have done this though in the past, right? I, I never knew that. Well, about sugar is claimed to have swallowed a bottle of Tylenol, which whatever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think you know if you stomp your feet enough, you can you you can uh, you know they tell you, you you have to stay here, and if you you know have enough of a tantrum, then uh... yeah. Here's the thing: there there are lies and there are dirty lies, and I said this about Russell Hance at the final tribal council, and you know there are lies that you can tell, but when you cross the line, tell a dirty lie. I think there's some things are just sick, and that's all I'll say. You know, Candace, I don't know if we ever got this during the the season. What was your take on Monica Culpepper and how far she went in the game? Mm, I mean, she she was my pick for a goat to take to the end. So I think it was it was smart of anyone to take her because no one would ever vote for her. I mean, she's a train wreck. So I think it was smart for them to take her to the end. Uh, she's just, other, she's just a neat other, lady. Yeah. She is a neat lady. I think you know a neat all lady things would never get any votes. Yeah, I mean, I think all things, all things considered, Brad and Monica, you know, they do their thing. They they raise their kids well. You know, they have nice kids. They're they're probably great parents. Um, you know, they're they're probably not gonna get a Christmas card from the Cody's, and that's fine. But this I, is the line that John always tells me that I'm supposed to say after I say bad things about Brad and Monica. Because they're not bad. Okay. Pe- they're not bad people, right? I mean, like they annoyed the hell out of of us, and they did. Bad things just in the game, but they're not like awful evil people. Um, but anyway, my, my point is they they both, you know, with their uh <laughs> they were both people that people wanted to take to the end in our season because everyone so realized they're both, they're both talking all the time about, you know, their lifestyle and you know how they they live next to Derek Jeter and all that kind of stuff and yeah, you come stay in our guest house. I didn't know I was, that. They live next to Derek Jeter, and he's going to be retired. He's going to be there all the time now. No, I know. All sorts of stories about all the girlfriends Derek Jeter has and come all that and kind of stuff. Come bread with us. Yeah, come, come stay in our guest house. It's like, I got my own house. They know, you know? Tim Tebow and Derek Jeter? I know. Can you believe that there's people in this world that know both Tim Tebow and Derek Jeter? And can you believe that they tell it to everybody? That's so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, the Culpeppers and and the Cody's. I think this needs to be a season. I would. I don't know if I could deal with it. I would. <laughs> I, I would get myself in trouble. I think Candace is retired from her uh, seasons with Culpeppers. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think I I'd, I'd watch it. Be good. Um, we, we we would both do it too. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, since we're talking about the the Culpeppers and the and the Cody's, uh, and we have you guys both here on on the record, uh, I mean, let's just talk about that that famous scene where it was so much was made out of it, and then uh, Linda Holmes wrote that article, and it was uh, you know so firmly burned into uh, no pun intended, uh, burned into our memory with the okay, who's going to get the clue, and then okay, give it uh, you, you know telling. Uh, put it in the fire. Could you guys uh, just uh, talk through that, the uh, the events of that as you guys remember them? Yeah, I mean, 
So the way I remember it was, and, and maybe it wasn't wasn't played out like this. We we had actually, or at least I had thought to give the clue to Monica. I didn't want to give it to anybody in our tribe, and or my tribe, and I didn't know anybody on the other tribe and who would want to, you know, who I would want to potentially have benefit from it. So I figured if it was a target, then I'd put it on. I wouldn't give the clue to Brad because then he could probably find the idol. I would give it to Monica and potentially right. make so that you make a chart. You so already have the thought. We got that. And then you know, so then, uh, so then at the end time. of our, at the end of the challenge, you know, the, Jeff uh, Jeff asked and and Candice and you know, as as wives are you know they want to do sometimes decided to before I could get my thought out, she wanted to you know, kind of beat me to the punch and say, let's give it to Monica now. To, to be fair, she didn't say give it to Monica, give it to Monica, give it to Monica. She said, let's give it, why don't we give it to Monica? That's what she said. And so then I agreed. I was like, yes, that's what we were thinking. We'll give it to Monica. And so we did that. And then when, when and we Jeff gave Monica the interjects. clue, Jeff interjected and said, does she always tell you what to do? And it was kind of a ribbing, like, oh, your wife tells you what to do. And I, we laughed it off. Not was, really. I was like, F you, Jeff. Like, get up out of my business. Why are you calling me out in front of everybody? I'm just... I laughed. Talking to my husband, dude. I laughed because my wife. You know you talk just, to your wife like that. I I laughed because my wife had just told me what to do, and Jeff Probst called me out on it. So I thought it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and I don't really get that, you know, beat up about stuff like that. So I just kind of laughed it off. And um, and then you know when Monica got the clue, she said, "Well, I don't think we have much use for this." And she was like, "I guess she was like st trying to like rip it up or something." And Brown was just like, "Burn it! Put it in the fire! Throw it in the fire! Throw it in the fire!" Hold on a second. Throw that is a fabrication that Brad has insert, inserted afterwards that trying to say, oh, Monica was going to rip the clue up, please. We were all there. I didn't see her trying she to rip the clue She specifically said up. we don't need this before Brad said anything. She said we don't need this clue. I don't think we want it on our tribe. And that's when Brad said, throw it down, put it in the fire, put it in the fire, put it in the fire. Like he said that like several times. But she said that she didn't want it. Okay, well, regardless, beforehand. I agree with I agree with the article. You know, because Brad forcefully repeated three times what she was to do with the clue, whereas I suggested let's give it to Monica, and Jeff calls me out and doesn't call call Brad out. I I, I agree. I thought I think it's a little bit sexist. I think that Jeff, uh, you know, he knows it. We were we were at the finale. Uh, of Blood versus Water, doing our walkthroughs on the stage and getting everybody's mic checked for the the live reunion show, and Jeff brought it up because he was clearly felt sensitive about it, and he wanted to ask. He specifically asked the women that were out there, uh, who were the women on the jury, uh, whether they agreed or disagreed, and you know, obviously they were all nice to him because they weren't the ones that were involved in that. But if I had been out there, I would have said, you know, Jeff, it's true. You, it's obvious sometimes that you pick your favorites, and they're mostly guys, and it's fine. But you need to try to be a little bit more even and equal with, with what you, you do. You said that to Jeff? It. Huh? You, that's what you said to Jeff? No, she no, said she would. I would have, but I, I wasn't out there. But well, she was, actually says to Jeff, she tweets Hold it. on a second. <laughs> oh, Hold no. On a second. That, but that was, he said that when it was only the jury members out there. I was, the the pre-jury people were not out there. They were just doing the jury test at that time. We were just backstage. And I was a little bit upset that he brought that up when I wasn't there because I would have said something to him. 
but and, he was really sensitive about it and defensive because he knows it's true. And what did you but say I, on Twitter? I will say the. You want me to say no, on my, Twitter? No, I'll my call. point is my I'll point call is him out on Twitter. no. What? what person, go ahead. What I was gonna say Ron? the only person that from our cast that Jeff has tweeted like he responds to the tweets. Now he does. I don't know if he does it on purpose, but he has responded to Candace like you know. So it's obviously it's not like he's sitting there responding to you know Otis and Vetus about all their tweets and stuff like that. And I actually came up with the finale. It's kind of funny. People like brought that up. They're like, dude, why do you only respond to Candace? <laughs> so what did you say? What are you saying to Jeff that he's responding to you? Nothing. Just random stuff. I don't know. N- nothing big. Uh, no, I think when in my final words uh, after the show, I said. Uh, my last thing I said, I was like, the last thing I was like, and eh, I love you, Jeff. And I tweeted that, you know, and a, and a, and a link to my video and he, he liked it. And then he, um, responded back. He's like, Oh, I did just see your final words. I love you too. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, he's getting no, sweaty no, in here. Yeah, no, uh, you know, no sexism comments came after that tweet. She was like, Oh, everything about Jeff's okay now. <laughs> Yeah. John's getting a little pissy over that. Uh oh. Yeah, step back, Jeff. Did that make you jealous when Jeff Probst responded to Candace's tweets? Uh and said that he loved me. No. Don't lie. I know, I, I know that uh she she loves she loves Jeff like a like a good friend and uh he's not really her style, I hope. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, Cody. <laughs> Whoa. All right, let's. All right, on this note, uh, Ryan Joyce says both of you have mentioned choosing a crush from each season to annoy the other one with. So, who are you guys choosing from this season? Now, is that a thing you guys do? You guys both pick a crush from uh, the Survivor season. Yes, we do. I mean, we don't specifically do it to annoy. No, I think John specifically picks people to annoy me. I know that. I know that's for a fact. Candace is very easily annoyed by things if you have if you can tell. So <laughs> I have one of know. those too. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless of who I choose, it's gonna annoy her. Um, so I, I think it's it's a little premature to choose to choose like a John girlfriend. doesn't have a crush yet. And Not yet. I don't think I don't have a crush yet either, but I will tweet it out. Um, but I will say, you know the the Grant, the football guy? Okay. Yeah. John was a Extremely annoyed that oh, I chose him as a friend. Yes, he I, was. I liked John, Grant. I thought Grant was every great. Every week he's like, oh, what's so good about this guy? He's not that cute. I never oh, said dreadlocks. that. Dreadlocks. You want to talk about dirty. fabrication? He has like lice growing in there. Lies. <laughs> All lies. Gosh. Yeah, lice, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, lice. So, oh, wait. So, uh, now, Candace, you spoke for John there. I'm going to be like Jeff Probst. Uh, is it, John, is that true you don't have a crush yet on this season? Uh, yeah, it is. It is true um, that I don't yet have a crush. Uh, well, you tweet I, it out. It's a little too early. I, I need to, you know. It's usually around, think, you know, you know, a couple episodes before the merge. I can usually sort of pick somebody out, but it's tough. You haven't really can I seen. Can make a prediction? You can predict. Yes. I think John has a budding crush on Jeffra. Jeffra. I think it's very small. He started out saying little hateful comments about her this week, but I think it's I what? think it's going in the direction. I think he's going to have a crush. This isn't like her. kindergarten. You don't pick on the people that you I, like. He likes I blondes. Can, I can see. That's I can true. See I do it. like blondes. It's going to happen. Yeah, actually, if if I had to choose, I mean, Jeffra, she seems nice. I don't. She's not really 
she's not really who I choose as a girlfriend. Um, you know, I think you. if I, know, uh, I, know. I like that Sarah girl, uh, I think she's smart. I hope she lasts long enough. Um, I like Lindsay. I thought Lindsay was kind of cool, but I, she's sort of, I don't know. We'll see. Wait, hold she's, on. Grant has lice, but Lindsay is, is okay. I never said Grant had lice. Yes, this is he did. That, he did. Oh my he God. Did. the same hair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like Lindsay takes care of it. She's a hairdresser, right? So she has to take care of it better. Um, and then uh, Alexis seems, I mean, she's she seems cute, but she seems just kind of like Mark not, really, not Mark really with it. Yeah, it's not going to be Jeffra. John, real quick, who's now who's your prediction for Candace's crush? The candy crush. Um, the candy crush. Wow. Oh, Rob. That is good. Is that hashtag, bad? yeah. Cannot call me Candy because that's a stripper name. My parents <laughs> told me that when I was little. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. So, who's your prediction, John? My prediction is uh, woo. <laughs> woo. Mm, <laughs> no, I'm woo. Just yeah, woo. <laughs> no, I think um, if I I would have guessed Garrett, but he, you know, because he was so fit, but like he's so, he's gone. Dude. He's gone. No, he uh, no LJ. No, I lied. LJ McManus. Mark my words. LJ is Candace's crush. I was de- now and forever. I was developing a small yeah, crush on yeah. LJ. LJ is definitely LJ. the Candace okay. crush. It's like, I mean, he looks kind of like uh, Hugh Jackman. That's like her style. So, put it in the books, Rob. Everybody's swooning for LJ. That's right. All right. Uh, Nathan Bayless wants to know, uh, John. Uh, in the upcoming Survivor Robs versus John season, are you planning on calling your alliance John's R Us? This R Us alliance, I mean, has it been very successful in the past? I mean, Stealth R Us kind of met an untimely demise, <laughs> right? And, it's not been successful. Yeah, I mean, the, the R Us alliance is not successful. Well, in my in my you know in my head, I would love to have a John's R Us alliance. Make a cross alliance right now. Well, I, you I have a Rob already, in front of you. We've already talked about this, but it's John's RS. Robs can't be involved with John's RS. <laughs> no, it's secret alliance. Nobody's going to suspect you having an alliance with a Rob. Right, exactly. But we're talking about John's RS right now. Rob, he doesn't want you in his alliance. All right, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Yeah, you should. You Rob, should. you know I would love to play with I you. I offered yes. it up on a plate, and he, yeah. he doesn't I don't know why anybody would vote out John Cody. I mean, I feel like I'm going to vote out people who are going to be deceptive. If there's, if there's a guy like John Cody who's going to be uh, very honest, uh, why not keep him around? Yeah. Agree. That's what I thought. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ding. All right. Uh, Lisa Hall says, hi, Cody's. Let's talk Game of Thrones. Candace, I know that Khal Drago is your favorite character, but who is John's? Um... I've, I've always loved... Hold on, uh, I just want to establish this. Now, uh, Candace. I get a lot of people telling me that you are a huge Game of Thrones fan. I am. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I... Woo. But not the I, books. She never read TV, the books. She just right. watched the show. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. That's a joke with us. That I, when I, I had a... I, 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 the joke is that I don't know how to read, but obviously that's not true. But um, anyways... Uh, yes, Call Drogo, I am a huge fan of. John got extremely annoyed that I had a major crush on him. And I had a crush on Call Drogo. I mean, uh, come on. He's all that is man. No, and John's like, oh, he's not that hot. What's wrong with him? He wears like eye makeup, blah, blah, blah. You can't possibly <laughs> like that. Um, but it, he's it's true, extremely 
sexy beast. But the yes, question was... Sorry, I digress. Right. Yes, who's, who's John's favorite character? I don't know. I mean, I've always been, I've been a big fan of, I've always, I like Khaleesi. I think she's badass. I like, uh, I really, actually, when I really started liking her was when uh, she was uh, taking, getting all the unsullied soldiers and she spoke the language of the, of like the slave master guy. Mm-hmm. And the whole time he was like saying all this awful shit about her. And she like understood it the whole time. And then at the end, like she revealed that in the dragon. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go, let's go light on the spoilers though, but yeah, we'll we'll just to go with uh, Daenerys. Oh, I'm sorry, that was last season. My bad. Yeah, not, not, nothing, awesome. nothing, uh, no deal breakers or anything there. But yeah, exactly. Good, yeah, be good. careful. Yeah, people sorry, get pissed. People get pissed. Um, but yeah, get police. All right, this I don't know how you're going to answer this one. Uh, Chris Williams says, John, I'm a former Marine, and we all know the Army is just for guys who aren't ready for the, to be Marines. Uh, yet you can get me back with your best joke about the Corps. And uh, was Survivor tougher than your army days? Do you want to zing the Marine? Uh, I learned long ago you don't zing the Marines. They're a pretty tough group of guys. Um, <laughs> what was tougher, so, Survivor or the Army? Uh, it depends. I've been in the Army for a long time. The Survivor I was only involved for 19 days. So, um, I, you know, Over the course of time. Yeah, over the course of time, the Army has been tougher. Um, but I would say there's a lot of similarities, uh, between like what I've done in the army and what I've done in survivor. I mean, there are definitely, you know, days and days and days where you're out there and you're not getting tons of food and you're getting rained on and you're cold and you're wet, but you don't have people actively like plotting your demise when you're in the army. People, it's, it's a, it's a big, like, cooperate. well, <laughs> yeah, yeah it depends where you, you are guns for that. Right. So, but you know, people aren't actively, you know, in your, on your team trying to like vote you off the Island. So I would say that in that respect, survivors actually, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a, of a mind, uh, a mind. But game. let me point out that you are a doctor in the army, and you have not. Right, I've not deployed. deployed. I've not. So right. Like, yeah. Let's be careful not to say. Yeah, absolutely. My experience yeah. in the army has not been as hard as you know has not I been as hard as a lot of yeah, other and, people. and we're joking around i don't want to trivialize the people in the army oh, for what they do we're talking about a game show and we're talking about people who do something right. very, very I agree. serious you're joking but then i yeah. had this that's fine it's true i mean both both of my brothers have done way harder things in the army than i ever did on survivor so you know i have to throw that out there obviously yeah but yeah the marines are, the marines are pretty cool i like them yeah, yeah. thanks for the question all right, and one last question. This is from Brendan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he wants to know, my big question, and the ones we've discussed uh, here previously is, so you two are Washington, D.C. area residents. I and several other RHAP regulars are as well. If we and the RHAP D.C. community were to organize a D.C. Survivor Night, uh, would you come and watch Survivor with us? Uh, what would we have to do to make this happen? Boom! That's my big question. Uh, w- would you guys would you guys host a satellite Survivor viewing party? Boom! Yes. So first of all, I love that you said boom. That's like one of my favorite things to like interject randomly in conversation. Boom goes the dynamite. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we we'd both be down to. I mean, if we yeah. if we were free, we would definitely be down to watch. So, so uh, tell them to tweet me and check with our schedules, and we'll do a survivor viewing night. We right. we've been saying we'd do it, but our schedules are a little crazy sometimes, so you just need to check with us in advance. Yeah, and also no grabbing any of the Cody's asses at the viewing right. party. Cody, yeah. so the the no rule is Cody's. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, no ass grabbing, no yeah. close talking, and no mouth breathing. <laughs> Those are the big yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. And for God's sakes, if the toilet paper's on backwards, I'm leaving. So check that first. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Rob. We had a great time. Is there anything Thanks. that you guys wanted to discuss that we didn't get to? No, I think I think I've done more than I should have. Yeah, I think Candace discussed a little more than she planned on, uh, both with our relationship and stuff in general. So good. I think we're good now that all that's out and now it's all out in the open. There, hey, I want this to be a safe place where you you're free to uh, talk about whatever you want. Yeah, just you, us, and then everybody who's listening. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Uh, well, everybody appreciates it. Perfect. We, we love it. And uh, we would love to uh, be invited back if that ever, uh, if uh, the invitation's out there. Yeah. An open invitation. All right. Sounds good, Rob. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. So follow uh, now it's Candace, uh, your Candace, Cody. Is it just MD. MD? Okay. And no underscores or anything like that. Candace, Cody, MD. And what are you, uh, you're JP Cody. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. JP Cody MD. JP yeah. Cody MD on Twitter. And there and especially Candace proved during Miss Survivor she's very uh interactive with the fans on Twitter. So definitely tweet them both. Uh they got a lot a lot of things to say and Jeff Probst is even responding to them. So what you know what's your problem? Get on board with Candace and, and John on Twitter. That's right. Exactly. Follow right. us. That's right. All, right. All right guys, have a great night and uh thanks again. Thanks All right, you, thanks, Rob. Rob. Take care. All right, take care. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was John and Candace Cody here. Cody cast has just happened, and I welcome now into the podcast. Here she is. She's the first lady of podcasting. Here she is. It's Nicole Sestronino. Nicole, how are you? Hello, everybody. So, Nicole, that tell us about what you're wearing today. Oh, Rob got me a new present, a new toy. Yes, yes. <laughs> nothing, nothing that exciting. No, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> But we so last week we spoke with Otis and Otis was here in the very hot studio, although it's only it's only 81 degrees in here right now. The people on the East Coast are sending you death threats as we speak. No, well, it was getting very it was getting very hot. It was like it's very hot hot in here. Well, it's it's no, it's it's I don't mean temperature. (laughs) Whoa. whoa. (laughs) Okay, so what we had a, a little bit of a problem where Otis, as he was talking during the episode, was getting very excited, as you also are known to do. Yes. Well, sometimes when you get excited, you don't hold the microphone straight to your mouth. Yes. Not everybody is well prepared as Rob is. Well, I am used to talking directly into the microphone. Even Rarely, when he doesn't have a microphone, he still pretends. Because I, pra- I practice. <laughs> I'm approaching 10,000 hours of podcasting, Nicole. That means you're a pro. That means I'm almost there. So... What we did this week was I got a lot of complaints and people were the, mostly the complaints were Rob, I love the show, it's great, but minor thing that there were times I had to turn up the radio all the way and I couldn't hear Otis and then you started talking and then it blew out my speakers. You blew out their eardrums. Yada yada yada. So Nicole is the first person ever <laughs> wearing the guest headset. We got now. a Tweet a picture of this <laughs> this stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. So Nicole is wearing a, a headset that you might see like somebody who's calling a football game wearing. I feel like a pilot. Yes. Good. <laughs> well, and we've had a problem with for many years. I've tried to get Nicole to hold the microphone closer to her face, and I she gets like mad if I say anything. My mouth. Yes. Yes. She does not. She does not care for that when you tell her she has to do that. And so, <laughs> uh, this is the solution that we came up with. So we'll see. Yes. 
All right, so. And I, I could talk with my hands. This is kind of nice. I only wish it was bedazzled. And we have to make her drink with a straw. That's the, <laughs> other, the only other problem. It's very complicated. In our testing, we found that when Nicole tries to drink something, it is going to hit the microphone, and that's going to be a problem. And I'm not allowed to breathe through my nose. Yeah, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to cut down on the, on the nose breathing also. All right, so, there, so prepare to hear Nicole as you've never heard her before. Yes. Okay. Loud and clear. Now, I told you in the top of the episode that this episode of Rob as a Podcast was sponsored by Audible, and I wanted to tell you guys a little bit more about Audible. Now, as many of you guys know, I am an Audible customer. I love Audible. In addition to listening to many, many podcasts, I also am always listening to audiobooks. Nicole, how annoying is it that I always listen to audiobooks? I wouldn't say it's annoying, but I wish you would just stay in your room. <laughs> you do? And I feel like that's the opposite of what you wish. I feel like you wish I would come out of my room. You know, it's a give and take. Well, anyway, I audiobooks and podcasts are a big part of everything that I do, both when I'm making them and when I'm listening to them as well. What you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm sort of like where I'm sort of just like doing a, a task I can sort of check out of. I like to listen to podcasts, but when I'm doing something where I can focus a little bit more of my time. I love listening to audiobooks, and I'm an Audible customer, and Audible is the number one source online to get audiobooks. They have over 100,000 audiobooks in their library, and you subscribe to Audible. It's $14.95 a month, and you can sign up, and you get an audiobook every single month. You get a new token to be able to use an audiobook, and I love it. They have over 100,000 different audiobooks, every genre, you name it, they've got it. Uh, one audiobook I want to just give you guys a heads up about, something that is going Going to come into play on Rob has a podcast here this spring. Ooh, spoiler alert! A little bit alert. of a tease. I've talked about it before. It's called "The Forty Eight Laws of Power" by Robert Greene, and it's sort of a uh, little bit of a. These are you know the BR rules. These these are sort of like the real BR rules, not the, the stuff legit that's rules. yeah the legit rules. These are like the Frank Underwood rules, and these are the rules, oh, the wow. power rules to be able to be sort of like a an evil person. I don't really subscribe to these. I prefer. I think that you know you get a little bit more out of the how to win friends and influence people. I think that's generally the better way to go. But this is sort of a fun. This is a fun re- listen. Is this promoting evil? This book is that what you're it, saying? It, this book is promoting <laughs> evil, uh, but it's fun and it, and you could really tie a lot of things into Survivor with a book like this. So uh, and we're gonna. This is a reason why I'm recommending this book, and I'll tell you guys more about that uh, in the next in the next couple of weeks. Because you're an evil genius. No, no, it's not has anything to do with me being evil. But I definitely think that this is a book that you should check out if it's just for entertainment purposes only Obvious. on audible.com. And what the, what Audible is willing to do, if you sign up at audiblepodcast.com slash RHAP, they'll give you your first audiobook for free when you sign up. So it, it really it really is a good deal. And for $14.95 a month, it's great to get a free audiobook because it costs more money on iTunes if you were going to buy them through the iTunes store. So this is a, a good way to go. And it reads to you. It, it reads to you, <laughs> yeah. And again, I am a customer. I do I do uh, swear by it. I love audiobooks. So go ahead and check get your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash R-H-A-P. All right, Nicole. So we have a lot to get to here today. We had so much. such. I'm loving this season of BBB. We haven't heard from you, though. No. What what's your take on Survivor BBB? I'm liking it. I'm I'm really liking it. You're into it. I'm into it. Okay. Every- Last night was a good episode. Yes. Were you sad to see Bryce go? Um. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you guess so. That's not a very. I mean, I what I, I like him. I wasn't a woohoo Bryce fan. So you guys had a lot to say about this episode. So what we like to do here, what we're going to do in this segment here, we're going to play some voicemails. 
Uh, we're going to get into what the survivors are saying on social media, and we've got much, much more. That's my favorite part. That's your favorite part yes. when we talk about what the survivors are saying yes, on social media? because it's always ridiculous. It is always ridiculous. All right. So let me just move over here and get to my computer so I can reach to play you guys the voicemails. Of course, the voicemails come in every week on our voicemail phone number at 323-282-RHAP and on SpeakPipe at the Rob has a Podcast voicemail inbox. Rob has a website.com slash voicemail. Okay, so let's get it kicked off here. And let's start with somebody who a lot of the callers uh, were were talking about this, that there was something that's happened uh, so far this season that has been survivor history. So let's go ahead. Let's start here with Drew, who wants to tell us about what that this fact is. Hey, Robin, Nicole, big fans of you both. I'm glad to have Nicole back on the podcast. This season is the very first season, which the first three vote outs have all been men. What do you make of this and how long could this streak continue? Thanks. Bye, guys. All right, Nicole. So we Drew have a, is so smart. Yeah, we have a bit of survivor history that the first three people, you know, there's only 18 people on this season. And so we had David, Garrett, and now Bryce are out there. So there's nine women left in the game and only six men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you feel like that is going to shape up the rest of the season? How do I feel? Yeah. Well, is this, um, does this mean there's going to be a women, a woman winner? Um, that's a that's a very good question. Actually, let me play the next voicemail also because it sort of ties into this. Again, there's a, a number of different phone calls about this. This is from uh, Holly, not Hoffman. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you still laugh at that joke? <laughs> you still like that? All right, here's Holly, not Hoffman. Hey, Rob, it's Holly, not Hoffman. And I was just thinking that I think this is the first season in forever that three guys have been voted out first. What does this tell us about the season? Are we pretty much destined for a woman winner? Thanks. Bye. Okay. So, Nicole, again, here's your question. Are we destined to have a woman win this season? It would be nice. It would be nice? It would be nice. But is it really the women who are getting rid of all the men? I know that, you know, last night really, I guess it was, it was the women who who turned it around. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Garrett, it was the women who turned it around. See, I don't necessarily think that, oh, three men are out. So this definitely means it's going to be a woman season. Like, I don't think we're going to have, you know, six out of the next seven people are going to be men who go out of the game. Because I kind of feel like, you know, there's a lot of women that are still in the game that I don't feel like necessarily are strong players. Now, I've picked Sarah to start the season. Sarah was Sarah was my pick. I've liked Tasha. So I do think that there are some gr- great women players that are still in the game, but I don't feel like necessarily like the women are going to sort of have a women, a bigger women's alliance. You know, even in Survivor Vanuatu, where you had at the final, I think it was, was it the final six or final seven, where it was just basically Chris left with all women. And it was like, okay, well, women, a woman is definitely going to win this game. And so and then and look he, what happened. Yeah, and he ends up winning the game. So I don't think you could take anything away from when there's, 15 people left in the game or, or uh, yeah, 15 people left to be able to say, oh, a woman is definitely going to win. But it seems that they're not going with the um, keep all the strong men because we need to win outlook. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be how it, how it's going to go. I mean, even, even look at Big Brother this past summer where uh-huh. um, the first couple of people to go out of the Big Brother house were all men. And it was like, oh, women are taking over. And then and then it like reverses at some point where it's and then it's like a bunch of women go out in a row. Yeah. And here's the problem with women. They may stick together in the beginning, but they always get catty and they turn on each other. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, 
What's your take on the, on the women so far this season? We talked about this a lot in the preseason when we did our preview, but we haven't talked about it too much. Or I, this is the first time we're talking to you, with you publicly about Survivor. So last night we saw the Beauty Tribe. What what's been your take of our women here? We have Alexis. They're dodos. Jeffra and Morgan. They they get they get the dodo music. Yeah, I mean they're beautiful, but they're you know that that's what they're there for. I feel like you haven't been a Morgan fan this season. It's not that I'm not a Morgan fan. It's I can't get past her boobs. <laughs> you, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, Nicole. There's I'm judging a book by its boobs. She's more than just boobs, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, she might be. Yeah, and you're not giving her a chance. You're, you, can't, <laughs> you can't get past them. Well, I don't think there's a lot of strategy going there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she was in an alliance with Bryce. They, were, they had something going on last night. Well, obviously it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. Only if it works, that's good. You're <laughs> Usually. Very, you're a zero or a one kind zero of person. Zero or one. It worked or it didn't work. Well, what do you think? Well, about what? About Morgan. I, she's probably a mastermind. You mean her boobs are a mastermind? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like she's got it all figured out. What did you see when she lied and told everybody about that? Did she found the she would gave them the the comfort items or the the items to uh, catch fish and stuff? Yeah, yeah. She thinks on her feet. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Okay. I liked last night when you said that um, when she was looking for the immunity idol, she she couldn't find it because she did obstructed view looking down. <laughs> yeah. How is <laughs> she supposed to find the idol? That's easier for LJ because he it's easier for him to see what's underneath him. I bet that he had an obstructed view also. What does that mean? What do you think it means? <laughs> I, I think I know what it means, and I don't think it makes sense. It does. <laughs> don't think it that... does. All right. All right. There you go. There's Nicole. Nicole vintage Nicole Sestrino. <laughs> All right, let's go to Andy here. Andy has a question. Okay, a lot of people wanted to talk about next week with the preview. And again, Stephen tried to talk about it last night, and I shut him down because a lot, I, then I believe it or not, I get I get complaints about a number of different things. Does he get mad when you shut him down? No, he didn't get too mad. But some people in the chat room are like, "Oh, it's fair. Everything's fair game." But I do get complaints from people like, "Hey, Rob, I don't watch the previews, and you talked about something that happened in the previews." So. I didn't want to talk about Survivor Know It All, so I'm going to talk about it here. So if you're one of those people you don't want to hear about the preview, pause. Just or just turn the volume off for like a good like three three to five minutes. Okay. Oh, it's a long one. Okay, so we're going to talk about something that's going to happen next week on the episode. And here's Andy Davidson to set this up. Here's Andy. Hey, Rob. This is Andy from North Carolina. In the next time on Survivor segment at the end of last night's episode, it looked like Sarah wanted to throw next week's challenge and vote out someone from the Braun Tribe. So I have two questions. First, what do you think is more likely? That Sarah continues to believe Tony's lie and tries to blindside Cliff, or that she figures out that Tony's been lying and tries to get rid of him instead. And second, is it ever a good idea to throw a challenge on Survivor? It always seems to come back and haunt the tribes that do it. Can't wait for next week's episode. Bye. All right, so there was Andy. And so, Nicole, in the preview, you have Sarah, and she's talking to Wu, and she says, I think we need to throw the challenge to get rid of him. Now, considering there's only six people in the tribe, and only three of them are men, and she's talking to Wu, by process of elimination, we can assume that she's either talking to Wu that we should throw the challenge to get rid of Cliff Robinson, or we should throw the challenge to get rid of Tony. Mm -hmm. And so, logically, what do you think the right answer is? Well, I don't think we've seen a lot of Cliff to to make an assumption that it would be him. 
We do know that Tony is a liar. She seems pretty perceptive. Maybe she puts the pieces together. Well, last night she said, I'm going to 100% on my shield. When I shake his hand, then I never go back on that. He's a cop. I have cop dar. Nicole, do you have cop dar? I have a different kind of dar. What kind of dar do you have? <laughs> it's it's just it, Let's just say it's different. It's different. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. What kind of dar do I have? It's different. It's different. <laughs> okay. You're so, so mysterious today. Yes. So yeah, I think that um, I think that she's on her cop high right now. Yeah, and then when she comes down from that high and sees that Tony is uh is fibbing a little bit, maybe she'll get a little pissed off. I think what happened with Sarah here in this episode, and again, you everybody knows I'm a huge Sarah. Supporter. Well, who isn't? Who isn't? Okay. Well, I was I was first. I know, actually, I was also okay. <laughs> yeah, but you backed down. No, I did not back down. I had I I had an unwavering support. No, for I Sarah. just said, okay, you know what? You're the host of this podcast. You cry at the <laughs> end when you don't get your way. <laughs> Here's the thing with Sarah that I think she was just so happy she was right. Yes, she was willing to overlook the warts. On Tony yes. about the, the things like, oh, she's like, I knew it. I knew I was right. I knew I was right. You're an effing cop. Uh, and so she was just so happy about that. I feel like that it was she was ready to it just blinded sort of, her. It, I think she's a little blinded here to Tony. Um, did you like when Tony made up that story about Cl- what Cliff and Lindsay were saying about her? <laughs> I actually did. It was kind of smart because it got her it got her uh, all riled up. Yeah. I just liked in the fake story that Cliff was calling Lindsay shorty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. <laughs> I don't know if Cliff really says that or I don't know if uh, those were just words that Tony put in her mouth. Yeah. Or in Cliff's mouth. But anyway, so. I think logically we have to assume that Sarah is telling Wu we need to throw the challenge to get rid of Tony. Now, in my heart of hearts, I also believe that if they're showing us in the preview that Sarah is saying to Wu we need to throw the challenge to get rid of Tony, that is not what will happen in the next episode. Yeah. So that's why I feel like we're not spoiling anything. I think we're spoiling what will not happen. But what do you think about throwing challenges i think that there's a time and a place for it i mean I, there's I, no there, absolutes there are saying... some people um and everybody knows what a big fan i am of eliza on twitter that <laughs> i guarantee you if they throw the challenge next week follow eliza on twitter yes and she's going to talk about how that it you know she can't believe anybody would ever throw a challenge on survivor it's so stupid there's a time and a place for it yes um is this the right time and a place for it mm, maybe i mean it is you know if there is going to be a switch that comes up and they ref- and they identify that Tony is a bad dude, uh, and they say we Tony is not going to help any of us in the game. We need to get Tony out. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. No, I agree because you know what? If they don't trust Tony, and now all of a sudden, let's say Spencer and Cass get switched to their team, and now they have they have you know five votes, and now there's three. And you can get to the point where it's sort of they you know. If Tony could pick other people up or say Tony has Trish or one of these other people, you know, you can get to a point where now all of a sudden they have power and you didn't get them out when you could. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a hard, a hard and fast rule. I do think that she's going to try to she's going to figure out Tony because I, I don't think I think Tony's a little transparent. I, I agree. You I know, agree. We talked about it with Steven last night. Tony just has way too much stuff going on on day seven. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, it's his... too hard, too fast, too hard, too fast. It's only day seven and he's got, you know, a million plans. He's telling stories to all these people. You know, it, it's just it's, I think it's too early in the game. Yeah, too early. OK, so let's talk to Ashley and Ashley has a has a, uh, a pretty good question. OK, uh, and her question is about the tree mail from last night. Here we go. Here's Ashley. Hey, Rob, Ashley from Virginia here. 
Well, I thought it was hilarious that the Brain Tribe practiced so hard on that tossing the water and then failed so miserably at that portion of the challenge. I've never seen them give so much information away in tree mail about the challenge. It seemed a little suspicious to me. Just wondering what your thoughts were. Thanks. Okay. So, Nicole, do you remember the tree mail from last night? I don't remember exactly what it said. So there was a funny sort of extended sequence of getting the tree mail, and you were even impressed that they showed them getting the tree mail. You feel like they never did that anymore. (laughs) And so somebody... (laughs) I, you know, noticed it last night, too, and I got a tweet. I think it was from Alex Wilpon who wanted to know, was the regular tree mail writer calling in sick that day? Let me play the tree mail from last (laughs) night, and you tell me, because this seemed like it was an an unusual tree mail. Here's, Here's... I believe this is Tasha reading the tree mail. You'll be mazed and confused... This much is true. Amaze. Okay. In this challenge, the tribe works together, tossing small buckets of water from the ocean into a larger bucket on the end of a teeter-totter. Winning a mutiny means a drier shelter, too. <laughs> was it the instructions that they accidentally sent? I think... I don't know what that was. I mean, was there any was there any rhyming? I was trying to make out... If, okay, so, so it ends with two. Is there rhyming in the beginning? It's sort of a weird... So it's definitely unusual for it's no haiku and confused. This much is true. Okay, true. So you'll be mazed and confused. This much is true. And then there's like a paragraph, <laughs> and then it come, and then at the end, it's like there it was, somehow there was like an extra. In this challenge, the tribe works together, tossing small buckets of water from the ocean into a larger bucket on the end of a teeter totter. Winning a mutiny <laughs> means a drier shelter, too. Yeah. So I, I feel like they, it was a little off. Yeah. It was a little off, the, the tree mail. What are your thoughts on Tasha? I think that Tasha is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that she last week... I think she needs to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I think that last week she got a little too high strung with the whole um, Garrett's not letting us have private conversations. And I think this week, too, she needed to tone it down with the... Like, she was getting really bent out of shape in the practicing. <laughs> yes, she was getting... Like, it little, was just practice. <laughs> it was a little, a little worked up during that. Although, but Garrett was trying to say in his exit interview that he felt like that was strategic on her part to sort of throw him under the bus by getting as upset as she did. No, I think that she's a smart player. I think she just she's a little bossy. I think she's the most underrated player in the game right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Tasha, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm a, I'm wide awake. <laughs> okay, Katy Perry. I'm I'm wide awake on Tasha. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got I've got an eye on her, mm-hmm. and so I think she's actually I think she's very good. But the tree mail was lackluster. <laughs> one of the one of the worst tree mails ever. There was like a Big Brother challenge where they allowed them to practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, this challenge is called Mazed and Confused. Um, and then they like, uh, okay. Each Gave the instructions. The, each of the players will have to go and get a bucket of water from the thing. Maybe they they switched up Jeff Probst's dialogue. That's with, what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. And and so when they got to the challenge, did Jeff Probst get like a card with all rhyming on it? Yeah, he's going to be like, what, what, what is this? Yeah, that'd be funny if there was a, an accidental screw up. Somebody got fired that yeah. day. Some dream teamer got fired after that. Okay, let's go to Jake Roth, and he has a question. He wants to know about of all of the twosomes in the game. He wants to know who's who's the tightest. Here's here's Jake Roth. Take it away, Jake. Um, hello, Rob. I'm a big fan, and I would like to know who you think has the strongest bond this season. Um. 
Cliff and Wu, Sarah and Tony, or uh, Jatia and Tasha? Thanks. Hopefully you answered my question. All right, Nicole, what do you think? Who has the tightest bond so far this season? Well, I think you could cross off Jatia and Tasha. I think Tasha is smart enough to know that Jatia is, is a cuckoo bird. Yeah. Le- going into the episode last night, then Tasha said that it was going to be Jatia. She was going to vote out Jatia mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Garrett opening his mouth. Yeah. So the Tasha Jatia thing is a little weird. We don't know how exactly how close they are. I think Tasha just knows, you know, she needed her mm-hmm. for that one vote, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then, but I don't like that she's going to vote out Spencer ahead of Jatia. That's what the plan is right I now. I don't like that. Tony and Sarah, we've already established mm-hmm. that that's not. So I think by process of elimination, I think Cliff and Wu are the closest. Yeah, because we don't see them talking. <laughs> we saw them in the first episode. They went in the boat, and then Wu knew who Cliff Robinson was. Yeah. So, and then that was it. I think Wu is a little bit of a Cliff Robinson fanboy. Mm-hmm. Although Cliff Robinson did not do much in this episode. Neither really did Wu. Except like in the beginning, he had a little confessional, but that was it. Yeah. And so here he was talking about the, the weather. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. Yeah. But Cliff Robinson did not have much to say here uh, through episode number two. Yeah. I got the feeling Cliff Robinson is saying, what did I get myself into? <laughs> WTF. <laughs> not as bad as Lindsay, though. That was like... I don't even know why I'm out here. I wish I never came out here. This what was, was a big mistake. A big mistake. Yeah. No kidding. And you know that if the uh, editors are showing that, they're not liking her. Yeah. Yeah. No, Lindsay, I did, and I didn't like it also that why did she have to laugh when Sarah fell in the hammock? And why did she have to say ahead of time, I hope you fall and, and hurt your ass? That wasn't nice, Lindsay. That, w- that wasn't nice, Lindsay. My mother does that. <laughs> yeah. And that's not and that's not nice. And that's not nice. Yeah. And it's Survivor. Why are you going to say that to people? Yeah, that, that doesn't seem strategic at all. No. Well, I don't think Lindsay is strategic at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So let's t- go to a question. Let's take a question from, uh, let's go to Mitchell from Miami, who has a Ooh. bone to pick with me, Nicole. I know you love it when the people call up and have a bone to pick I with do. me. All right. Here we go. Here's Mitchell from Miami. Hey, Rob. This is Mitchell from Miami. I uh, got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, but only as a friendly fan. But okay. a couple times already this season, you've mentioned that Bryce is like the black Colton or Bryce is the new Colton. And really, aside from their presumed sexual preference, I don't think they're anything alike at all. Do you think it's really fair to keep making that comparison? Uh, just thought maybe that would be an enlightening topic to think about or discuss either on the podcast or not. Um, but I'm just curious as to other than that, how in any way is Bryce very similar to Colton? Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Okay, so Mitchell is is calling me out saying, is it fair that I have compared uh, Bryce to Colton? Now, I don't think I've compared Bryce to Colton a lot. I think we've Enough, talked... Enough, though. We've t- we definitely talked about it in the in the preseason. Yes. And we talked about it last week with Otis because, you know, he played with Colton and feuded with Colton during his season. But I will tell you, the reason why Colton came up into this conversation, the biggest reason is if you go to Bryce's profile on CBS.com, they said to him, what Survivor contestant are you the most like? And he says himself, Suri, Colton, and Ozzy. So he said there he was like it. Colton. Uh-huh. So that's why we're going by that. I yeah. mean, I didn't think that Bryce was very Colton-like in the game, but I he mean, was when he was voted out. He got he got a bit catty. He's like a little Colton. catty. He was he was a little catty. Although yeah. Colton has never been voted out, so we don't know what Colton is like when he gets voted out. We can only assume. No, that's how what he was like in the game. <laughs> that's what he was like <laughs> in the game. So I don't think it was it was totally out of bounds to compare uh, Colton to Bryce. 
And also, you know, there have not been a lot of young gay people on Survivor in recent history. I mean, I feel like in the last five years, the uh, gay people, I feel like, have been very underrepresented on Survivor, especially, mm-hmm. go, I mean, going back to, I, I thought about this, going back to Survivor Heroes versus Villains, okay? And t- uh, tell me if I'm, if I'm missing anybody or uh, Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Anybody gay from the Heroes and Villains? I don't think so. You don't think you don't think so. <laughs> Nicole just gave me a look like, "What? What are you asking me for?" <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, unless uh, you know, not counting what Survivor Shannon has to say, uh-huh. uh, then nobody, nobody gay from Survivor Nicaragua. Where is Survivor Shannon? We don't is know. Is he safe? Let's, let's, uh, let's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Uh, and then Redemption Island. I don't. I don't think so. Again, off the top of my head. And then Survivor South Pacific, again, off, off, off the top of my head. And then Survivor One World. Here's Colton. Yeah. Okay. And then Survivor Philippines. Uh, nobody, nobody that's j- jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. And then on Survivor, uh, Survivor 26, then Michael Snow, who's an old, you know, not, not he's not old, but he's older, not a, young, not a younger uh, guy. He's not, he's not a, ca- a caddy gay man. Right. But we're talking about just like for a young, a younger yeah. man. Uh-huh. Uh, and then. And then you have um, then then Colton and Caleb. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not there's not a in recent years there's not a lot of ton a ton of young gay people to compare to uh, Bryce to. Yeah. So I, I stand by that. Okay. I stand by that. That was in bounds. In bounds. That was in that was in bounds, Mitchell. I understand. I understand what you're saying, but uh, I feel like they they did not turn out to be too similar. Yes. But look, based on what we have in the bio, if he says he's like Colton, yeah. then we'll talk about it. The temperature in this room is going up at a very steady rate. A very steady. We don't even have any lights on. I don't know, but it's going up. Look at it. It's You're 80, being such a baby. 83 degrees in here. You're complaining like Jeffra. You're saying this is like some kind of podcasting hell that you're in. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, that's right. You're, you, can't, you can't hang. I sit in this room all day. And yes. It's you, March 6th. You must have very sweaty... All right, all right. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. All right. Let's do one, one more voicemail, okay? Let's talk to... Uh, you'll like this one. This is Zach from New York. And Zach has a question uh, specifically for you. And he Ooh. wants to make sure there's equality on Rob Has a Podcast. Okay. okay I like it. So here's, a, here's Zach from New York. Hey, Rob. This is Zach from New York. So last week you had Aris play the Survivor Kagayan Girls Cute versus Hot game. You've done such a good job of not promoting sexism on Rob Has a Podcast by talking about the Linda Holmes article and adding a Mr. Survivor competition. And I think in the spirit of fairness and equality between the sexes, we should probably have Nicole play the cute versus hot game for the men of this season. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Bye. Okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. So for Zach from New York, he wants – now, back to last week mm-hmm. when LJ said in the game, he said, I don't trust – I don't trust Morgan because she's hot, not cute. I don't trust I don't trust hot. I'd rather have cute than hot. And so we talked about who was hot and who was cute. Otis talked about uh-huh, who was uh-huh. hot and who was cute. Okay. Um by the way, speaking of equality and Mr. Survivor, that I haven't talked about this on the podcast, we got we had a visit from Mr. Survivor himself yesterday. Malcolm came to the house. Mal- yes, Malcolm came to pick up the championship belt, and we, I'll post the video on YouTube of Malcolm accepting his Mr. Survivor championship. Yes, your mom fixed her makeup before you came. Oh, boy. All right, all right. Let's take it easy. <laughs> Let's take it easy. All right. Cute versus hot. All right, so I'm going to give you the people from this season, okay. and you could tell us uh, cute or hot. Or Otis also said neither. He also was allowed to say neither. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so I'm just going to go down the tribes, okay? Let's start. We'll start with uh, the Braun tribe, okay? Okay. Cliff Robinson. He's cute. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony. He's He's cute. Yeah, I'm going to go with cute. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh that's Tony Tony. That was like question mark exclamation point. <laughs> this is huge. <laughs> I needed this. Okay, there you go. And he needed it. <laughs> he needed it. Uh so woo. Cute. Okay, so all all three of the Braun tribe are I have cute. I have very high standards. Yes. All right. Then let's go to the Brains tribe. Okay. Okay. Uh David Simon. Samson. Um I I was gonna say neither, but he has a lot of money, so I'm gonna go with cute. Okay, he's cute. <laughs> all right. Garrett. Garrett, I would say I think Garrett's hot. Okay. Uh Spencer. You know, I previously I I might have said neither but i i don't know i'm going i'm on the spencer train yeah so i'm gonna say that i'm that he's cute okay there you go cute with an asterisk <laughs> what was the what the asterisk it's going up okay <laughs> you think he, he could reach he's he getting could, he's getting hotter by the second he could reach hot you're <laughs> yes, saying yes. he has potential yes. okay then uh let's go to the beauty tribe okay. okay bryce cute okay uh jeremiah i guess he's hot he's not my type but I guess he's hot. I guess he's he's, hot. he's he's more than cute. And LJ. LJ's he's just the package. <laughs> he's what does that mean? He's just the perfect package. So he's hot. No, he's perfect. He's not even he's beyond hot. He's beyond hot, yeah. Okay. Does he have a podcast? He's not smoking. Okay. That's that's right. <laughs> uh Steven Fishback would say Bryce uh, uh LJ is hot. He's got a boner for LJ. <laughs> I think everybody has a boner for I LJ. I don't. I don't. Well, you should. I don't. I respect. I respect his game so far, but that's. I'm drawing the line there. I'm just. I just. Uh, I'm saying his game. He has good game. I bet he does have good game. All right. All right. Stop it. <laughs> all right. Uh, one more thing. This wasn't uh, so much from. Okay. Let's actually segue to. Uh, this isn't so much voicemail. Let's talk about the inappropriate comments of the week. Now, my favorite. Jeff Probst had a pretty clean cut week. He yes. didn't say he didn't say anything that was too inappropriate. And did but, Tony keep it under control? Well, everybody loved last week Tony's uh, clip, which I played a uh, a second of before, and uh, just just one more time, just for for the archives. <laughs> I needed this. Ooh. 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 I love it. It ends with a. That's not really what it sounded like. <laughs> All right, so there's there's Tony. Now we talked about last week. We had so many great clips from the episode last week that we said it would be. Otis and I talked about how it would be perfect if we could get some sort of a of a mashup of all of all of the the great clips from the episode. And so that was something that somebody took it upon themselves. One of our listeners, Robert Francis, decided to take all the clips from last week's show and put them together into one masterpiece. Uh, and here's what Robert Francis came we up with. love montages. Yes, we love montages. All three tribes working together well, taking turns going down. Busted his head. That's what I'm good at. Ooh, this is huge. Who wants to welcome me to the bottom? <laughs> Ooh, this is huge. I'm gonna have to get down and dirty. 
This is highly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's the oddest tribe I've ever seen. There you go. Very inappropriate. Truer words were never mm-hmm. spoken. So thank you, Robert Francis, for putting for putting all that together. All right, let's turn to this week's uh, clips that came to us from the Survivor episode. I already played you about the the tree mail again. Jeff Probst had a, a pretty clean week. But uh, we have some, he needs co- to step up his game. Yeah, we had a couple of decent ones from the actual Survivor players uh, himself. This one, uh, I think Jennifer Berg's found this one. Uh, I think this is our runner-up. This is our silver medalist uh, for the week. This comes to us from during the immunity challenge when Cliff and Wu were wa- working on completing their puzzle. Okay, here's Cliff and Wu. As soon as it goes down, I'm gonna yank it on my side. Okay. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> One, one more time. Here's it's actually it's woo. As soon as it goes down, I'm gonna yank it on my side. Ooh, yeah. yank it, woo. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna yank it on his side as soon as it goes down. All right, and then, uh, <laughs> uh, act, but actually, uh, that was again that was just a silver medalist. I thought this was a much a much funnier clip for me from woo. Here's woo talking about the weather in the episode. Of course, uh, we 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 love woo. <laughs> we, we we love him this season, and and uh, I think this was him telling us uh, that he appreciates that. Hopefully, uh, it'll die down here shortly. If not, it's gonna be a long night. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yes, that's how he, that's how he says that his name. That seems like a, like a very malnourished. Hopefully, uh, it'll die down here shortly. If not, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say that to you. It's gonna be a long night. Woo! Good. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a long night. Woo! Yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, so then here is our actual uh, winner this week for uh, this is our our actual winner for the uh, inappropriate line of the week. I like the hand technique. Ooh, Tasha, you dirty girl. Yeah, the hand, the hand technique. I have, I have mastered the hand technique. Yes, you have. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I have that. Especially when you sit on your hand. I see, Tasha. <laughs> Tasha didn't see. If I was in the tribe with Tasha, I would say I don't need to practice. I'm good. I'm also. I'm all ready to go with with hand technique. They might need you to show them. <laughs> they, they might need me. Okay, Rob, you save your energy. I would be with Spencer. I said I just I know I need to stay hydrated. I have the technique down. <laughs> but Spencer has the technique down too. Well, that's maybe that's what he was saying. Maybe that's why he <laughs> wanted to stay hydrated. He's like I I got this. I got, I got this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop you right there, Tasha. I got this. <laughs> okay, I have the hand technique down. Um that was very funny when they were practicing for the challenge. Yes, it was. That was that was very good. Okay. So, uh, let's get into to, uh, let's talk about some things that came to us uh, via social media and under the watchful eye of the RHAP staffers. Brendan Noel uh, was heading up the charge this week on uh, on RHAP R's are us. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that, needs a nickname. Is that a good name for the RHAP staff? I think anything R us is a great nickname. RHAP R us. Obviously. <laughs> sure. Podcasters R us. Great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Okay. Um, I woke up this morning to uh, I, I got a tweet from Coach. This isn't on the list, but um, I got a tweet from Coach that said, uh, you know, start my day off right with a savvy question about this season. 
Okay. Like to at, at Rob Cisternino. I was like, oh boy, I'm really on the spot. <laughs> like coach wants a, a good question. Uh, and I just asked him, is coach a, a brain beauty or brawn? Oh, that was a stupid question. <laughs> that, was, I, that was a lot of pressure on me. Give me a savvy question. Well, you didn't have to respond right away. Well, I just, if I don't do things right away, then I forget about it. Yeah. That's what I try to do. Okay. All right. So let's talk about, <laughs> there was a lot of buzz last night on Twitter about the cops are us. And Philip was uh, certainly- was I think Philip was flattered more than okay. more than pissed. Okay, because you never know which way it's going to go. Sarah Lacina she tweeted to Philip at P Shepherd TV. What do you think about Stealth R Us adopting the members of Cops R Us? We would be honored. Okay, uh, and Philip Shepherd uh, tweeted, absolutely. Tony the Spy Man and yours is uh, the the gorgeous cop. Uh, okay, well, that's his, their, he's giving their nicknames. Oh, okay. okay, absolutely. So Tony is the Spy Man. And yours is the gorgeous cop. Okay. Uh, welcome to Stealth R Us. This, there you go. I don't think that's what she was saying, though. <laughs> like, don't... they didn't want to be part of Stealth R Us or want a nickname. She said uh, adopting the members. Okay. So, okay. And she said, oh, I love the name. Thank you for making my night. Hashtag SRUs. I didn't know. Is that the abbreviation for Stealth R Us no, on Twitter? It is now. Is that the, that's the hashtag SRUs? Don't mess with her. She's a cop. <laughs> I guess so. And I don't have good cop dar. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. So let's see what else. What else did the uh, survivors have to say? Um, let's see. Uh, RC, uh, she was tweeting, but she's loving the season. She says uh, it's official. I am still in love with Survivor after 28 seasons. Just not Miss Survivor. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in love with Miss Survivor. Sure. <laughs> uh, then uh, RC also uh, says uh, I love you uh, at Bryce Isaiah. So sorry you were voted out. Uh, you can be on my tribe any day. Come to NYC. Okay. There you go. Uh, here's uh, Francesca. And uh, at Dear Franny had to say, ha, ha, ha. The rest of those people, I don't even remember their names. I can relate to feeling that way about your tribe. <laughs> Survivor. Um, Dear Franny was live tweeting the podcast last week. Was she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she still listens. She, I, I didn't know either, but she was live She was live tweeting away. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. And uh, she wanted to know uh, from Otis if she was cute or hot. Oh, what did he say? Uh, he said hot. Avi. Yeah, if somebody puts you on the spot like that, you have to say, you have to say hot. She's a very sexy woman. Yes, yes. Um, Francesca also said, um, there goes Sarah's front runner status. Why are you trusting the one person you know for a fact lied to you? So, mm-hmm. so Franny calling out Sarah. Yep. That's, I don't know if that's a if that's a good move to call out call out a cop. Yeah. Well, she was voted out twice first, so what? What she can't lose. <laughs> she can't lose. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about uh, this? Is from uh, not a survivor from Ali Lasher said uh, Tony is an older Jerseyer. Rob Sesternino. Hashtag RJP. Is that is that right? What? Yeah. <laughs> is Tony an older Jerseyer? Rob Sesternino. Like a much Jerseyer. <laughs> How much Jerseyer? Like a hundred times Jerseyer. A hundred times Jerseyer. <laughs> Um, a lot of people were also asking Especially me because about... you're not even from New Jersey. I think Keith Dixon was asking on Twitter. Um, so last week, Yarrett said that Jatia spilled out literally 98% of the rice. Uh-huh. Then this week, Tasha said that Jatia spilled out 95% of the rice. So did Survivor... Which is it? Did Survivor give them 3%? Did they get an extra 3% of mm-hmm. rice? Uh, it seemed like they had enough rice also to like make a bowl. I don't know how much they scooped out of the fire also. Did you think it was funny when GT is like, I want rice? 
<laughs> yeah, I, it was humorous. It was humorous. <laughs> and of course, the person who dumped out the rice would be asking, yes. uh, can I have the rice? <laughs> of course, that would happen. Hey, this is this is Survivor. Okay. Uh, Denise Stapley, uh, who's going to be joining us uh, on RHAP here in the next in the next couple of weeks. Oh, Not this good. week, the next week, Denise Stapley. Uh, she tweeted, uh, all that comfort at the Braun camp. Nice. Matt Singh camp was like a bad econo lodge. Uh, hashtag Survivor. <laughs> there you go. Um, Spencer. Okay, the uh, the su- the suddenly cute at Spencer suddenly BGM cuter cuting he's cuting cuting, <laughs> cuting. okay uh, that he t- he had a couple of good tweets uh, he tweeted uh, there should be an immunity challenge of who pronounces uh, Kaga Kagayin the most reasonably <laughs> that Jeff Probst throws me off every week I think I got it and then he's and then uh, I watch the show and he and he he pronounces it differently right yeah I think he called it Survivor Kagayin. Yeah, well, he can make up whatever words he wants. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even know. He's probed. Yeah, Tyson said it was uh, Kagayin. Yeah, but, but Jeff Probst says it's uh, Kagayin. I don't know. He speaks with the natives there, so I don't know. Yeah, can we just call it Survivor BBB? Yeah, essentially, yes. Do we need the Kagayin? Kagagai. <laughs> <laughs> also, Spencer tweeted uh, at Russell Hans. Do you have any tips on how to keep hope alive? That's it. <laughs> What did Russell say to that? I I, I don't know. I don't have that. In front I would of me. like the reply. <laughs> yeah, um, Spencer also had a funny tweet yesterday that he tweeted about how oh it's Wednesday night and it's uh, every everybody is pumped up for the premiere of Big Brother Canada. <laughs> Big Brother Canada too. Wait, who tweeted that? Spencer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then Jatia also uh, she tweeted a meme that was uh, I forget this this, this Jatia g- PhD in G- case you didn't know Jatia, yes did you know Jatia has a PhD I didn't uh, she's a new episode of Survivor tonight uh, here's a little warning before viewing uh, and uh, yeah, hi, hide your kids hide your rice uh, and then uh, Cass tweeted uh, we don't have any rice to hide lol uh, and Jatia said hide the 2% okay so so Jatia looks like she's confirming the literally 98% of the rice mm-hmm. okay so we don't know who's on the Tasha side of ninety five percent of the rice. Yes, yeah, we need some. We need the tabulator to be involved. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, Jervis Peterson at Say Jerv said, uh, "Let's go at Bryce Isaiah and Team Beauty. Handle your biz tonight and tell your girls about me." Word. Ooh. Whoa. Jervis is looking to get set up with the Beauty Tribe. He's looking to get some. <laughs> that's that's right. And Bryce, I talked to Bryce in my exit interview with him this morning. He was saying that Jervis helped give him advice to get on the show. Oh, is that right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, Billy Gar- the real Billy Garcia tweeted, at uh, real Billy Garcia went out as a player. Hold your head up high and welcome to the family. Oh, well, that was nice. <laughs> welcome yeah. to the fam. Yeah. Um, then uh, this morning I tweeted to uh, Bryce that I forgot to ask him if he would rather have good gaydar or good copdar. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Michael Snow he tweeted back that uh, he loves it when his gaydar and copdar go off at the same time. Oh, kinky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like uh, if you're at a Village People concert. <laughs> that's right. Um, Rupert Boneham he tweeted uh, roar. <laughs> I too am at the butterfly stage of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? Okay. Uh, and uh, one, Jenna Maraska tweeted, Uh-oh. Uh, at Jenna Maraska, newsflash, new school kiddos, that rain is nothing 
compared to what we endured on my season. Try 12 days of nothing but downpour. I love Jenna, but she's that she's the cranky old woman. It's back in my day. <laughs> Man, those 12 days that must have been that must have been uh, must have been tough. <laughs> that must have been tough. Uh, but you know what though? That uh, in in fairness in fairness to Jenna, uh, during those during those 12 days of rain, she took it like a pro and uh, was uh, tough as nails during that whole period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you you never heard one complaint. <laughs> You never heard one thing about that. Uh, okay, so let's uh, jump into uh, uh, what's next. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. We're done. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's about it for this. Day. It goes by so fast. What do you think, Nicole? It's crazy. Did you did you have did you have anything else that you wanted? To I'm talk not about? used to you saying. Well, I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, everybody. Uh, so, did you have anything else from the episode that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we covered everything. Anything else coming up? Um. I have to go to a kid's birthday party after this. <laughs> okay, well that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> which used to be my nightmare. Yeah, but now it's now it's it's not a survivor nightmare. Now it's reality. It's a borderline nightmare. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we uh, you know had a lot of had a lot of fun here today talking with the Codys. Thanks to uh, John Cody and uh, Candace Cody for joining us here on the podcast. Still trying to lock down the guest for this next week, but when I know, do you have a prospect? I have a lot of prospects. I've got a lot of irons in the fire this season. It's just a matter of like. It, it's a little bit of a process of a, like I know probably the next five or six people that are going to be on the show, but I try not to have like, you know, uh, even though I had blood versus water people back to back this week, I try not to do that. I try to do like somebody, somebody new, somebody old, somebody that's never been on before, somebody that has been on before. So I try to, I, you know, I tr- like so tricky. I'm like a pitcher. I try yeah. to give you something fast and then give you something slow. We want a knuckleball next. Like, week. You want a knuckle? Well, a knuckleball might be somebody from completely out of the blue. So <laughs> I do try to keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. So you know, I try not to talk to people from the same season back to back or or whatever. But that's that's sort of my process. So thank thank you guys uh, so much today. That I know this was a, a very uh, a long conversation. Nicole, will, give us a hashtag here for the people who made it this far into the show. Hashtag knuckleball. Knuckleball. That's what you, that's what you want to go with. Well, I don't know why you ask me anything. Well, they, Every they, time I say something, you're like, "What? No." Well, ideally, it's something that was like a big part of what we talked about, and that was just something that you just said out of the blue. You know, I have bad short term memory. <laughs> well, this would be more long term memory. It's not really that long term. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, why don't you give us your opinion since that's what matters? <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, let's let's. See. Not so easy being on the spot. Hey, buddy. It's not so easy, but I'm better. At, I'm better at like. You're better at everything. Out. You're better at everything you do. Okay, fine. Knuckleball. Knuckle. Knuckle. There's your knuckleball. No, ball, don't everybody. don't appease me. Ha- hashtag ra dicky forty three. Knuckleball. It is okay. So there's your there's your knuckleball. How about? Rob's a jerk. <laughs> Knuckleball, it is for in honor in honor of the first lady of podcasting. We'll give you. How a, about you just hashtag flop? flop. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, let us know. Let us know that you got here because we do we do appreciate it, uh, and it's always fun to see how many people not only got to the end but are willing to even uh, hear any more from us after that. Yes, and hear our marital problems. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you probably know them all by now. <laughs> all right. So, by the way, we passed over 750 episodes of Rob as a Podcast this I week. I saw that. Yeah. And it was only a year ago that we did 500. Mm-hmm. So we're at about a 250 an episode uh, clip. Yes. Well, Rob stays in this office from 5 a.m. until about 10 p.m. Yeah. About a year from now, we'll be having the 1,000th episode of Rob as a Podcast party. <laughs> I think maybe in like a month. No. What should we do for 1,000 episodes of Rob as a Podcast? I think we should have a Google Hangout party. Yeah, that's boring. 
We need to, not we if we need, all get drunk. We need something big. We need to do something big for uh, maybe we'll do like a, another thing like the rose. Okay. Okay. We'll do some. We'll do something crazy for 1,000 episodes. That'll be. That'll be something to celebrate. Okay. So uh, let's. I'm trying to think if there's a, if there's anything else. I feel like that there's probably things I didn't talk about. We want to hear from you guys in the comments. We love hearing your feedback about about the show. Also, uh, you know, we love hearing from you guys on Twitter. Of course, I'm at Rob Sister. You know, Nicole is at Nicole Loves Shoes. Because I do. Yes, that's that's right. And we really, really appreciate it. We had a lot of people sign up over the past week to become patrons of Rob Has a Podcast. People who are, you know, making making small donations of as little of as a quarter a show to help support the podcast. So uh, we passed a, uh, a big benchmark uh, this week also that uh, we have received over. We're at uh, $100 per episode that you guys have supported us with. So we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you want to become a supporter of Rob Has a Podcast and you like to keep all of these crazy podcasts happening, keep me in this hot room all day long, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, you can sign up at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. And if I haven't gotten to you yet about joining our private patron-only group on Facebook, uh, just send me an email, uh, rob at robhaswebsite.com, and I'll get you set up there. And we're having a, a, a lot of fun doing that. Uh, all week long. All right. Yep. And if you're looking to get on Survivor and be on the Braun or Beauty Tribe, you can check out my website, thatprettyfitchick.com, for some great tips. Yeah, there you go. Not the brain. That won't help you get on the brains tribe. It will actually, it'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So uh, our next podcast is going to be on Friday. I'm going to talk about the first two nights of Big Brother Canada with Brian Lynch and Ian Terry. That's going to be a live show. You could join us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And then uh, plenty more comes as we do it all over over again next week with Amazing Race in the beginning of the week and then talking more about Big Brother Canada as we go along and then back to Survivor and Survivor know uh in the middle of the week. So you know the schedule. Keep checking out website.com for blogs from all of our bloggers every day and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care everybody. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye.